Hello and welcome to Imp's LOP Radio Adventure live here on LawsOfPain.net. Uh, I'm your host Matt Mayer aka Imp, columnist of the Imp's Adventure series on LawsOfPain.net and your host right here on LOP Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at the damn Implicat. and today we've got a very special show talking about this week and all the conversations around it. The idea is a WWE and AEW debate about all of the arguments and things that are happening online where for most of them we can just go what are you doing just calm down <laughs> there's nothing wrong <laughs> be happy so in, in this momentous week for wrestling i can't really state that enough it's been uh, a hell of a week wednesday night was so damn entertaining but to help me go through all of this i've brought over from chair shop radio is i guess l-o-p Boy in youth, I don't know what I'm wording that. <laughs> a, a, alumni works for me, alumni. Alumni, that's a better word. Boy in his youth, <laughs> put that weirdly. <laughs> LP alumni, current, it's 3.30am, I'm allowed to mix up my words. Current chair shop radio person uh, with the outsider's edge, it's Rance. What's up man, how you doing? As you can tell, my mouth is working really good. <laughs> At 3.30am, my words are flowing perfectly. I'm not forgetting my thoughts halfway through. <laughs> it's all going really so, well. Uh, sometimes you've got to move your lips and let the stuff come after it. But yeah, hey, I'm glad to be on, man. It's an honor, it's a privilege. I'm glad to get a chance to actually talk with you instead of just tweeting at you all the time. Yeah, so uh, we've talked in text form. <laughs> we've, we've talked to each other for, I want to say, at least two, two three years <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little while. Mm, like always, like going back and forth, but even if we don't talk, we'll like each other's tweets, so we know we're there. <laughs> but it's just <laughs> we've never actually t- spoken like voice to voice before, so this is a first for me and him. Obviously, don't know why they said just me. <laughs> but yes, this is a late night thing. If you ever listen to one of my late night shows, which you will all hear when I do LOP Radio Aftershock after Hell in Cell this Sunday uh, for SummerSlam, I made a page full of notes, like I've done tonight. Uh, I did page of notes and then realised at 5am that my eyes were blurry and I couldn't read any of them. <laughs> that was bloody great. <laughs> oh, that, and I'm, I'm just, I was live on air when I had that realisation. Oh, it's my like favourite start to a show. <laughs> just like, well, this is going to be interesting. I can't read anything I've written. <laughs> that was... Uh, what, what, is the, what does the WWE say? Nothing can go wrong when it's live? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Or you can never predict what will happen in WWE. Oh, they, used, they used to say that all the time. Uh, I wonder why they've stopped. <laughs> but yeah, I'm talking. They used to say it till like 20, uh, 2007 or eight, where they'd gone way past that point of uh, car crash TV. <laughs> they were still saying it. But yeah, uh, that's a massive tangent. Like, we're not meant to be talking about naughty's WWE. <laughs> this is meant to be this specific week in this world of what's happening in professional wrestling. But before we do, uh, Rance is a LOP alumni, as he as he coined, because I couldn't think of the word good. 
So, as a reintroduction of Vance to us all, also you can follow him on Twitter at it's Ray Cash. So, because, uh, yeah, I always forget to do that. <laughs> That's off. Well, th- thank you. Thank you. Yes. R E Y, as in Mysterio, by the way. Oh, yeah. R E Y. Yeah. And mine is damn as in damn, like Farouk. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> ah. Uh, yeah, I will, I will just say, before I do get Rance to introduce himself, before we came on live, I'm like, don't forget to plug the thing, don't forget to plug the thing, and I almost forgot to plug the thing, <laughs> so let's plug, let's plug it, <laughs> so I have no chance to forget it. Uh, wait, on oh, what date is it? Uh, date is October 26th in New Jersey, at, in Freehold, New Jersey. There is an 80s wrestling con 2 which will be taking place, and it will be live-streamed on lawsofpain.net, which a bit mental. Uh, so, Laws of Pain was uh, lucky to be able to announce wrestling legends such as Ted DiBiase, Sergeant Slaughter, Marty Jannetty, Bob Backlund, Mr. Wonderful, Demolition, and many more. Thank God that this is very well <laughs> running out of breath. <laughs> but they are all appearing at this 80s wrestling con too, which again will be live streamed on lawsofpain.net. Uh, and I had no idea our site had the capability to do that, so that's an amazing surprise <laughs> to see that. Uh, there's a schedule on Laws of Pain of like everything. It's kind of like stickied all over the place because pushing it like mad. <laughs> so if you really want to, if you are interested in 80s wrestlers or whatever, just check that out or at least tune into the live stream. Or if you happen to be in the area, say hello. They like the company. <laughs> so that's all good. Anyway, today's show. Yeah, me and Vance, I don't know why there's such a dramatic pause. Myself and Vance will be going through kind of the arguments with AW and WWE and I guess some things that people are saying and what we actually thought of everything and I guess the philosophies and everything within it. However, first, Vance has a little bit of an introduction, like how long have you been a wrestling fan? How long have you been, I guess, when you got really into it with IWC or whatever? Uh, Just a history of you as a fan, very briefly. (laughs) Oh, well, uh, okay. So I started watching... My grandpa, I'm from Houston, Houston, Texas. And there's a man by the name of Paul Bosch who had one of the more prominent... Well, not like NWA prominent, but one of the bigger uh, wrestling scenes here in Houston wrestling. My grandpa was huge into that, watched it, went all the time, drugged my mom and my uncles. So when I, when I got of age, I was about six. It's when he started showing me some of the old matches, you know, Rick Flair, Ted DiBiase, Dick Murdoch, missing links on and so forth. And that's when we started watching WCW. And I remember the first real thing I remember was the night NWO kicked the giant out of the NWO. And like it was such a crazy thing that like I never forgot that. And then a year later, we kept watching fairly regularly and we were into it. But when Tyson came and kind of did his uh his face off with Austin and my grandpa being a huge boxing fan, we were we were hooked. And from that moment on, we bought every pay-per-view. I mean, both shows. So WCW and WWE pay-per-views, every single one, every month, we bought them. Because we were, in, we were into it. Um, in terms of the IWC, man, uh, I don't remember my first... When I first started reading dirt sheets or wrestling sites, uh, but it had to be high school probably middle school, high school, uh, because I started e-fetting in college or like late, like early, like college. So it had to be somewhere around there. But I did start, I remember I started writing columns, uh, specifically January 4th, 2010, the day where TNA um, went head to head with Monday Night Raw and Raw 
brought back Bret Hart for the first time. So yeah, man, it's 2019, bro. I'm nine years in this thing. Like I'm I'm old. Here I am thinking the years are ticking by quickly when I started in 2016. <laughs> My first ever call. <laughs> yeah. It moves so fast, though, Imp. It moves so fast because, hmm. like, I don't realize, and, I, and I'm so sporadic because I'm my, I'm my own biggest enemy, so I'm in my head a lot. So there'll be columns I write or podcasts that I st- structure out, and then I'll be like, nah, it's trash, and I stop it. Like, so for you to be as consistent as you've been, as you've been these past three years, You've eclipsed my nine. So, <laughs> hey, hats off to you, brother. I don't... Do actually... Uh, Doc was asking me like how I'm actually watching everything. Because that's my kind of policy going forward with this current generation, this new era of wrestling, where I'm going to watch Raw and NXT and AEW and SmackDown and then do a lovely column, which I post up on a Saturday. That's a cheap plug. <laughs> but... <that's coming> <laughs> but um, yeah, so he was asking me, how on earth am I going to watch that? Especially as none of those are my number one promotion. My number one promotion is New Japan. <laughs> I am a NJPW boy. I am a mark for them 100%. If uh, I don't realise issues with the show until I listen to like a podcast or something. Like, keeping it strong style over Social Suplex. Like, mm-hmm. uh, a cheap plug for them, for the Kiss Boys. But... Yes. I uh, yeah I won't notice issues with a New Japan show until I'm listening to somebody who's kind of analysed it in a different way or watched it a different way, knowing they're going to do a show on it. Uh, then maybe I might start and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe that wasn't quite. But when I'm watching it, I don't spot anything, and I kind of wish I could do that <laughs> with American wrestling. But I'm just so used to American wrestling; I've seen so much of it that it's you can really analyse it by that point when you've seen so much. Well, for Japanese wrestling. I've seen a lot more than, I guess, a lot of fans who jumped on with the Kenny Omega boom or the Bullet Club boom or, or in that kind of era. Like I jumped on just before then. Like Kenny Omega wasn't in New Japan when I started watching. Oh, wow. So, he was so, still in DDT? Yeah. Well, uh, I started in August 2014, and by November he was in New Japan. So it's like just before. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, literally just like a couple of months. But, of course, that meant that Bullet Club was... Uh, I went because of AJ Styles. Like I was a massive TNA fan uh, in that kind of certain period, and yeah, massive fan of AJ Styles. And when he went over to New Japan, I heard he became champion immediately, and I was like, "Oh, go watch that!" Yeah, I'll give that a go. And I started with the G1 Climax, which I lo- I really like that as an idea where you learn all of the characters and the factions really slowly throughout the course of a tournament. But I also recommend. You don't try and watch all of it because that's mental. <laughs> <laughs> yes, especially as a first time, like that is such an undertaking to do that first time where you don't have any investment in any of the characters. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything to you. I, I, what I did was I watched the first few, um, which again back then that was a bigger undertaking because no English commentary, and for the shows where. Um, like nowadays, you'd like nowadays is every single show is commentary multi camera. I have to bring up multi camera because there was a lot of shows that was single camera, no commentary, just filming mm-hmm. it. And like that, it's so much better production now. They've done a really, really good job. But yeah, I've I need to digress because I'm <laughs> way off topic. It's okay, yeah. man. Hey, you're a New Japan guy. Talk about it. That's pretty much what's happened just then. <laughs> all, all that triggered me was me saying, oh yeah, I, I'm number one, number one promotion is New Japan, and then I'm off. <laughs> I'm done. I'm just talking. It's like, oh. 
I'm realising I've not tweeted out that this show's live, but screw it, who cares? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> We're on with the show. <laughs> if anyone's listening, how? I've not publicised it. <laughs> you must be on loads of pain. <laughs> We're listening, sir. You and I are listening. <laughs> also, before I get into the main bulk of the show, uh, uh, please do listen to our brand new uh, post-AEW show here on Laws of Pain Radio, uh, Dark After Dynamite. Oh, Jesus Christ, I've said that wrong. What are you bloody called? I've not written it in my notes. Dark After Dynamite, let's call it that. <laughs> post-show here on Laws of, uh, Laws of Pain with Jam Man and Jeff, which is now up and doing really good numbers, so if you want to go and listen to that, do. People are interested, so yeah. So, before I properly get we go into the big bulk of it, I'm English. Therefore, when I'm talking about AEW, I feel like I really do need to address the ITV4 issue and the kind of how it's being broadcast over here. So I've seen loads of uh, people talking about this. However, I don't listen to enough English podcasts to have heard it really much from my perspective. I've mm-hmm. heard it from quite a few different American ones who more some more clued in than others. But I've yeah, I've not really heard it much from the English kind of point of view. So my stance on this thing is always make your offering better than piracy. So uh, like a video game company uh, called, uh, if, you, if you're into video games, you'll know them, uh, CD Projekt Red. They made the Witcher games and they're like massive. They're making a cyberpunk game as well at the moment. But uh, they used to be, I guess, the company that would uh, make a, the, I'm trying to think of ways. In Poland, <laughs> there are like the gaming world was massively pirated because legitimate ways of getting stuff just wasn't there. So, kind of like how Netflix, when Netflix comes into a country, piracy goes right down. There's a reason for that because Netflix is better than piracy. Uh, CD Projekt Red, what they would do, it was their job to make the legitimate versions of the game have feel like they have more worth than the pirated versions of the game. That's what they did. That's where they started. That's how they would translate them into Polish and give you little extras and things, like a fancy map or something. So the, <laughs> legi- so their version, the legitimate version, felt like it was worth more than the pirated one. And that's that, so, and that's the kind of thing within Europe, that kind of way of thinking. Uh, but uh, with AEW, with their first announcement, my immediate thought is that is not better than piracy. So, <laughs> so you see, it all linked back. I wasn't on a random tangent of nonsense. <laughs> no, it made it made it good. It was good. I like that. So, uh, the first kind of uh, deal that was announced was ITV would air four days later on a Sunday, like, and then there would be a highlights version, which would air on a Monday. So, and I think the first airing would be at like eight a.m., which for Eight? A- H20, yes. That was it, yeah. So, for a TV14 product, that's going to get censored. So, that ain't great. Yeah. So, fans got on their back and Tony Khan was like, we're working on this to make it as like better as we can. And people were like, uh, like we were, we were told we'd be getting a really good deal, a deal way better than WWE's. Mm. Maybe this is the perfect time for me to just say what WWE's deal is. Uh, they are currently on Sky Sports. They will then be moving to BT Sport. Uh, to kind of whistle it down, to get those channels, you it's like a subscription within a subscription. So you pay for Sky TV, then you have to pay for the sports expansion, essentially. And that is what uh, WWE is on. So it's on a service within a service. Not great, <laughs> particularly. BT Sport is similar to that, just they're doing pretty good numbers at the moment. 
So they're not amazing, but they're doing. They've got the Champions League. So football over here, loads oh. of people are going to BT Sport. So yeah. yeah. So they will, but it for me it would cost twenty pounds a month to get it, and that's just ridiculous. Like no, <laughs> I'm not paying twenty pounds a month to watch WWE. So I'm going to have to watch via different ways. <laughs> Welcome the new year. But yeah, that's a different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to pay £20 a month to watch WWE, that that is no. <laughs> no, pers- no sane person would be doing that. So even though AEW's deal was delayed, uh, but it, it was on a channel called ITV4, which over here in the UK we've got something called Freeview, where we've got a whole bunch of channel- channels that are completely free. Like especially the we have them like the original five channels, which was up before satellites and everything. Yeah. Well, old school television. We had five channels, and they were all free to everybody. BBC after you paid your TV license, but everyone else completely free. And uh, this is kind of caught on from there. So ITV Four is the fourth channel of like the third ever channel in this country, which is ITV. Uh, and this channel four is their fourth channel, so it's a bit down the line. They normally yeah. show repeats of Minder, like a procedural <laughs> kind of shows. So they're not a big channel, really. But there is on a channel that everybody has, which immediately defeats WWE. Aside from the massive delay when WWE is live with repeats the next day as well, so a bit weird. However, with uh, the new deal that came about, suddenly, wow, this is actually really good. So ITV have got a streaming service and AEW announced that they will be appearing on ITV streaming service the next day at 7pm. And there would still be the shows that would appear. There'd also be an airing on Friday as well, which is like, that's a million times better. Especially as NXT won't get uploaded to the network until like midnight Thursday or so. So that mm. means AEW in both the UK and Canada is on before NXT on online services. That's massive. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. big. Especially there's fight as well. So if you do pay the £4 a month to fight, which uh, I've been asked about this, like, uh, do I think, because I said I wouldn't buy it, I was asked, do I think it's like not a great value for money? Like, no, it's a fantastic value for money. However, when there are 20 other fantastic value for money streaming services, you've got to say no at some point. <laughs> like, there's so yep. many. Especially, yep. you've got Disney on the horizon and all that stuff. <laughs> like, there's... Like, Vance will know that as a father, you might have to fork out for Disney. <laughs> it's- oh, I've, I've already budgeted that to my account and I ain't got it yet, so yes. <laughs> so, like, there's so many streaming services that I'm looking to cut down, not add more. So, I'm not going to be paying £4 a month for a show that will air on television. I just have to wait a bit. However, that version appeared today at 7 pm. And it wasn't quite what they promised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard, yeah. yes. Yeah, so uh, we, were, we were told it would be the full two-hour show, which it was close to getting, <laughs> but it wasn't. Uh, so video packages were cut out, absent, gone. Uh, MJF's match against Brandon, Brandon Cutler, gone, not there. It's just vanished, whatever. Uh, they said the full two hours, so I, I first thought, oh, are we going to be... Is it just going to be the fight stream that we get, where he gets the advert things in it as well? Uh, no. <laughs> it's just a lot of stuff was cut out. It was it was closer to what Raw's like on Hulu, but Raw gets okay. chopped down because it's a three hour show and they cut it down to a two hour mm-hmm. rather than what it's 
yeah, rather than this, which is already two hours. Like, why are you cutting it down? Why are you <laughs> getting rid of all this stuff? For some reason, they did. And a whole match is missing, and it's MJF, and I love MJF. <laughs> so, I, you sure, I yeah. saw... Yeah, I saw that. I saw that clip out because I needed to watch it because I do my review. Um, I'm of a very small niche that kind of needs to watch this stuff before going live. So, so yeah, it's weird not having SmackDown. Like, there's no way I can work around that. <laughs> Just SmackDown for this show is now dead <laughs> forever. Ooh, and it's and it's about to go to its biggest points too. Yeah, I mean, I can uh, I can leech off it for my column clicks, <laughs> but uh, made okay. show, yeah, that's all gone. Yeah. Column up on Saturday, please. <laughs> please take it. I will plug it. I continue to plug it. <laughs> I work on it throughout the entire week. It's my life now. <laughs> Outside of you no, know, my actual life, this is. <laughs> and no, it's probably it's probably your real life because when you really into this, it takes a lot of your time. It does. It takes. And I've been putting effort into the uh, kind of images as well. I've been photoshopping, getting good at that as well. So I've I've decided with this new column that I'm actually putting effort in all over. So like the Photoshop as well to get the nice sexy image and the actual <laughs> writing as well. So it's like 4,000 words every single week. I'm not Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer's pumping up like 10,000 a week, which is... Still, he's not human though, man. No, he's not. <laughs> he wasn't born on this earth. <laughs> but have you seen his room? It's <laughs> just like yeah, exactly. Yes, it's my god. Like I was waiting for, I was waiting for like a like Oscar the Grouch to come out of there. That's a Sesame Street reference. You might not catch that because you're British. <laughs> we have Sesame Street over here. <laughs> All right, yeah, the dude in the trash can. Yes, uh, uh, his name is uh, the Green. I can't remember his name. There, <laughs> yeah. it's it's Oscar the Grouch over here, but over oh, there yes, might yeah. be. It's still Oscar the Grouch, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> I've just not watched Sesame Street in quite a while, and I don't have kids, so I've not <laughs> watched it anymore recently. So yeah, eleven-year-old uh, and eight-year-old brother. Yeah, but yes, I can never have my place like Dave Meltzer's. Like, uh, there, there, are, there is evidence of females, to put it simply. Like, there's this makeup <laughs> sometimes left on the desk. <laughs> so, <laughs> You'll find no such as that at Meltzer's house, Switzerland. <laughs> So like um I'm looking at my desk now and there is I don't know what to call this it's a spray thing it's oh it's a a, a Rimmel London spray thing it's just lying there and I, I'm just like no you I'm gonna put you up right <laughs> no I can't even have that lying on its side it needs to be in its thing <laughs> I got you I see how it is okay yeah. Oh, like nail filers. No, I'm good. If you leave nail filers just across the desk, I'm going to be stacking them. <laughs> They're going to be a nice uniform <laughs> pile. <laughs> just, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's little weird pet peeves. I don't know why I don't like beauty products just left across my tabletop. <laughs> I can't cope with it. I'm, I'm, I'm that anal when it comes with it. I need to like figure it out <laughs> to make it nice and short piles. Oh, right. That was a massive tangent. <laughs> so. Which pretty much is my show, if anyone's ever listened to it. I've got my main points, and I'll float back to them whenever I want to. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there eventually, yeah. Yeah. So, talking of getting there eventually. AEW's numbers, they came out as well earlier today. So, so a lot of people were predicting, like, they were thinking, yeah, 600,000 would be really good for AEW. Like, as a debut, they've got no, like, massive mainstream names. They've only got Chris Jericho. And outside of the wrestling world, I don't know how big a name Jericho actually is. Like he's got his band and he's got he's in a few movies, but he's not anywhere near the star power of like the biggest stars in WWE. Like he's nowhere near those top guys. So people are thinking, yeah, six hundred thousand, that'd be decent. A new promotion as well and all that. 
they got 1.4. Or at least they were what the uh, kind of early indicators were. Where it's just like, I found that that kind of startled me a little bit. It's like, I was not expecting anywhere near that. That is brilliant. Like, yes. So the other uh, kind of argument I saw were people saying, well, Raw got 2.3. Like, yeah, but you're comparing the debut show <laughs> of, a, of a company versus a show which has come down from a peak of like mainstream like this is the wrestling show where everyone's tuning in the Monday Night Wars where both shows are doing incredible numbers uh, like and this is the first ever show so I feel like if you're comparing it to anything you can't even compare it to Raw because that wasn't WWE's first ever television show you're going even further back but then you're going into the time where people would all sit around as a family and watch the television which again is a bit rarer nowadays or if they are there's different devices at play you can sit the kids in front of their little uh, iPad, just put on their cartoons, and you can watch what you actually want to watch. <laughs> Technology's amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, uh, I bet my, my parents are going to be so jealous when seeing how I handle the kids compared to... <laughs> compared how to they had to handle you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like VHS player sat right in front of the television. They can't watch anything. And nope. then yeah, me just put them in front of an iPad, and that's it, gone. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's... <laughs> Uh, but yes, that's another... I've got a massive tangent. Uh, AW was <laughs> ranked second on cable. I think it was original programming on cable. I yes. don't know what else it would have been up against. I don't know what sports were on. I'm assuming they don't um, count as... Baseball playoffs is, the, is what beat it. Baseball oh. playoffs was done. Yeah. Ah, that's why the baseball game was on the PlayStation Plus, I'm saying. <laughs> right, and, and and it's not just it's not just the playoffs. It's the wild card game. So here in, in America, in baseball... Both, uh, you know, two leagues play each other for the Major League Baseball, the World Series championship. But three teams, the winners of all three divisions, get their in. And then the two wildcard teams have to play each other in one game. And the winner of that one game gets to the playoffs. And that was that one game last night. Also, oh, oh, it's up against a relatively big game in the baseball world then. Yeah, yeah. Also saying the word wild card to a wrestling fan just gives... <laughs> yeah, that's what I, was about to, I try to explain it a little bit, especially a Brit. I try to explain yeah. it a little bit better, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was... I feel we're getting towards this in like a Game of Thrones pace. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, we would we could tell you the next thing, but we've got to explain the world. <laughs> <And everything. laughs> right. So, uh, so that 1.4 was against NXT, NXT's 890,000, which I yes. think they said was... Down ten percent, but eleven percent, yeah, eleven percent. But it's off like nine hundred thousand range still, which I still see that as a success, as far as I can see. It's still smashing the show that was on before it in suit, so USA will be happy. It's not doing raw SmackDown numbers, but I don't think they were ever expecting it to do raw SmackDown no, numbers. No, especially as the promotion's been very small, and when they have talked about it, they've not done like a proper video package, like an amazing thing. They've show news articles which I thought was a really weird way <laughs> to promote such a big thing where they're going up against AEW I don't know if they didn't take AEW seriously enough or like they're fine they're focusing on Raw and Smackdown like they've got enough on their plate they don't need really to go to NXT well can I can I explain my opinion on that real quick you can you don't my, have to my, quick <laughs> we oh well you know yeah thank you my, my thought process on that is simply this you you kind of alluded to it but People want to pit AEW against NXT or AEW against WWE. AEW's new. 
So they had to roll out this red carpet and do all this marketing and promotion to get eyes on it because nobody's ever seen it before. This was just the next episode of NXT. And yeah, it was huge. But like, they've been doing, NXT has been on Wednesday in that time slot consistently for six, seven years now. So while the the, the newness of, of the promotion for that wasn't that, hey, we're in two hours, that's, it was, it, that's cool. But it was that, hey, we're not developmental anymore. WWE has invested. We have a TV deal that proves that we're a, an official, excuse me, brand. And I think that was the the marketing ploy or call, as I think it rightfully should be, as opposed to AEW. I think they absolutely respected AEW because they realized that they're almost, well, I guess going into this, we thought they were going for the same audiences. But what those numbers tell me, and please tell me if you feel differently, is if NXT just went down 11%, they're not fighting for the same audience. Well, yeah, that that is bigger than 11%, that gap between the two. Yes, be it disillusioned fans, be it new fans who saw the adverts or whatever... Or just uh, were there for the excitement. Um, there is the the one stat that caught my attention is to do with the craved like eighteen to forty nine demographic. Oh, they killed, bro! They yes. killed the younger folk. Man. Yeah, the younger folk appear to have tuned in for AW, which is massive in terms of like if you're looking at the numbers to do with WWE because that is specifically the exact demographic that has seen their biggest drops, and it's the biggest one really for AW. That should be a concern where the younger audience, in terms of like long term, it's been an issue for WWE for a while where the past, I say while, I'm talking like the last uh, definitely three years, I'm not sure before that, but they have seen their numbers falling and the biggest fall has been the younger audience. The one thing to take into context is the internet. So a lot of those, that doesn't mean that everybody has stopped watching WWE because they'll watch the highlights on YouTube or whatever. But that also tells you that they don't feel like the show is worth watching fully on television. They'd rather just go to the highlights on YouTube, be it convenient or whatever. It's a bit. I don't I'll, agree with that. Right, so I'll finish my point and then I'll let Vance. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. His, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have to be however they are watching it. Uh, but I'm, I'm losing confidence in my point. <laughs> so with the. Uh, Yes, with the the younger audience watching it on YouTube, be it for whatever reason they're watching it on YouTube, uh, they are not watching it on television. Which, in terms of like normal people like me and you, we don't really care that we don't really care that much about what the demographic numbers really are on a television show. But the people financially invested with these products, they one hundred percent care. And the fact that they're watching it on YouTube instead of like watching their advert on television, if I'm Running it down to a very small niche. Mm-hmm. That should concern them. And there needs to be a way to get those people in the door. And if AW proved anything, they proved that that demographic of people aren't just people who will watch things on YouTube and that's that. No, they tuned in. That means that they will do it. <laughs> that doesn't mean they're lost to the internet. It's like, no, this proved that they will tune into television because they did. And that, as Vance was saying, that's not like a small 11% change. That's a whole audience that flat out wasn't there. And that's pretty massive. And the feeling I got, even though they were directly against NXT, it felt a lot more comparable to like the, the kind of 
I was thinking of a word to say it. I was saying the splendor, but that sounded a bit <laughs> over the top. The splendor of all? <laughs> That's a bit weird. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The spectacle. The spectacle. Spectacle. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much at the end of my point. So, Vance, uh, I'll give you the, the floor <laughs> or whatever. Um. Well, I mean, look, I don't think you're off base too much. Um. I did. I completely disagree with your with your thought process about TV because um. And it might be a societal thing because I, I know here in America, there's a big thing about cord cutting. America has always been a bit of a micro, microwave society in that things get quicker and faster and you want things faster. And, you know, we used to go to restaurants and go get our food cooked and then they got drive throughs So we get to drive throughs and now we're too lazy to get out the damn house and go to the drive through. So there's Uber Eats and you or DoorDash, you'll bring it to my house. Like, it's more it's everything's about convenience here so with people cutting the cords and watching and consuming television differently and uh with youtube i know for me now mind you i work 40 50 hours a week i have a commute an hour an hour there hour back i have two kids i'm busy i make time to watch raw because in SmackDown, because I still enjoy WWE. I know I'm one of the rare fossils out here, but majority of the way I consume everything else is through my phone on YouTube. It's not because I don't want to watch it on TV. I don't have the time, you know? So I just think that the way people can, we're in a different society now where, you know, we have so much more available to us. You said it about the kid. Like, before, when we were kids, we had you had to put a you had to put a, a VHS tape inside the VCR player and hope that the tape didn't mess up or you had to screw it back and and you know and you had to actually spend time with your kids. Now, my daughter is eleven and she's had a phone for two years, so it's just a different world, right? Yeah. So, for, so concerning that, I don't mean I don't think that that means people don't want to watch Raw live now. I know people want to make a big, big what to do about how the ratings now are much less than they've been over the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years, so on and so forth. That's a real legitimate point argument. And yes, there is there is there is a trend in a story there. But I also would like to see to you that WWE's WWE Twitter account is one of the highest Twitter accounts in entertainment. WWE's Facebook is one of the highest Facebooks in entertainment. WWE's YouTube page is top 10 on YouTube. So like they're still getting the the um, output. People are still consuming the product. It's just the product is consumed differently. And because the product is consumed differently, WWE has their own network where they have one and a half to two million subscribers a year. WWE has YouTube shows. They just debuted a new YouTube morning show called The Bump that's on YouTube or on Twitter or on Instagram. WWE has multiple Instagram feeds during the shows. WWE has a clip of not just GIFs, but like an actual clip of every single segment after the segment comes out on YouTube. You can catch, you can catch it in an hour after it comes out. So I just think that they, they've realized that the be-all, end-all isn't ratings anymore because if people... If WWE... Their ratings are down, what is the percentage? Like 50% from five years ago? If they're that yeah, low. Something like that. Yeah, but they're still. Was this week. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. But they're still top three every night they're on? That's TV. That's not WWE. <laughs> 
like that's the point I mean, it's going to make in with NXT. Like, yeah, uh, like yeah, you could yeah. Some people go, oh look at that, AEW got much higher numbers. Like, yeah, but NXT still beating Suits, which they were number ten in like everything NXT, and you're talking yes. eight hundred and ninety thousand made top ten. If that doesn't <laughs> paint the picture like perfectly enough, <laughs> that's yeah. huge. And uh, and and you know, we don't think we because. In the wrestling fans, we're in our own bubbles, right? We oh. don't respect we don't respect other bubbles. Like I know one of the things on Mondays is people are like, who the hell watches Basketball Wives? Millions of people. <laughs> who watches Love and Hip Hop? Millions of people. We don't get it, but they do. <laughs> yeah. So like all these other shows that were out there that beat NXT, NXT doing um that and. In that time slot, against that big of a juggernaut, apparently the AEW was, to still get that many people, and to still be top ten that night with everything they're facing, like that's a good number. It's not AEW great, but it's still good. Mm. Yeah, and for me, like the big picture is together with NXT and AEW, that's about two point three million watching overall. As in, that's a Monday Night Raw audience on a Wednesday, which is probably. Bigger than it first seems, <laughs> as in that's a, especially for somebody who I grew up. My first half of my life was in the TV era; the second half was in the internet. So I'm in like a weird. I count as a millennial, but I'm like early millennial. <laughs> it's like early nineties is when I was born. Same here, same here. I'm I'm born '88, so yes, I've seen it. I've seen both. Both. Yeah, I remember rotary phones. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I've seen all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm young enough to have been taught in school. Don't use Wikipedia on your things, please. <laughs> but and you cannot cite Wikipedia. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I tried to explain that to my dad. <laughs> just like, well, you just go on there for information. Yeah, but like seriously, watch a celebrity going through the facts on there, and just going, well, that's not true. <laughs> that's not, just to prove <laughs> the point. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That's another tangent as we Game of Thrones this and explain the internet because <laughs> we mentioned the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I got a question for you if you don't mind real quick. Go ahead. Do you think that 1.5 or 1.4, whatever it was, is sustainable every week? We'll find, especially as part of that number will be people checking it out for the first time because it's a debut. So there will be a mm-hmm. mini bump there. The question is how much, obviously, and how... It'll come down to opinions, because, of course, you just go on Twitter, you will see, like, so many varying opinions, some that make you go, did we watch the same thing? <laughs> or some... <laughs> uh, yeah, some... Yeah, there'll be some people. The question is, what is that margin? And what margin would have tuned into NXT? What margin had them both up? <laughs> which is, like, people just got up two televisions and watched it, which is doable. So they could have been, loads of people I know, or even on our own station here on NOP Radio, I know Jeff, who was on the live show talking about AW, also had NXT streaming on his phone at exactly the same time. <laughs> so he, I don't know how they do that. I can't do that. Like with my column, when I'm writing about it, it takes me ages because whenever I write, I have to pause the show, write, and I can't start it again until I finish my point. <laughs> just, uh, if you've read my columns, my points go on as many tangents and kind of rants and things as this show does. <laughs> so it takes me quite a while to kind of formulate it and then delete my entire rant on something because it didn't fit, but I got it out of my system, damn it. <laughs> it's, just, it's, the, it's, it's the gimmick, brother. <laughs> it's that sudden realisation that people don't care that much about 
camera frame rates. <laughs> you don't have to get... Yes, I know they got new cameras for SmackDown, that, that, but they don't care that much. <laughs> it's just a young thing. <laughs> oh. Seriously, if you ever do, uh, if anyone listening does do like go on to do like film production at university, I can't recommend those kind of courses enough if you are interested in it. Uh, however, you will no longer be able to consume media like a normal person. <laughs> you will watch shows differently to everyone else. Like the Roman Reigns uh, like attack, the first one, where people were meet. So I didn't watch the show, then I saw it popping up on YouTube, and I was like, oh, this is interesting, <laughs> seeing everyone's comments on it. Like, most people would just, like, a quick comment like, oh, that's stupid, or oh, that felt weird, or whatever. Whilst me, the film production guy, I over-analyzed it and went through it slowly by thing. I did a sh- even did a show where I was where I was semi in kayfabe, being an inspector trying to get it, but also taking the piss <laughs> out. <laughs> and then I was looking for hints and things, and I didn't spot Buddy Murphy. <laughs> I didn't even see him. So, oh um, man! But yeah, so um, with my film production kind of mind, I look at things extremely differently. And immediately going, oh, something's different about Fox this week. And I immediately go in there, oh, yeah, the higher cameras have got a higher frame rate. It's probably because they're sports cameras, which have the higher frame rate to capture the action. And this is why. And then I'm just like, actually, I don't think people care past that point. I've given enough. <laughs> they don't need to know. <laughs> so they don't need to know which cameras Fox used to to record their, the NFL. <laughs> they don't need it. Whatever. Whatever sports they've got, I don't really. They've definitely got basketball. I know that one. I, for certain, <laughs> I know that one. Fox doesn't have basketball. It's okay. God damn it! <laughs> they, have, they have college basketball, but not pro. No. <laughs> Over here, we only only mem- only know two things about Fox. They used to air New Girl, and yes, and their news channel is banned in the UK from airing when there's any like uh, I guess voting votes going on, like for political stuff. Fox News are banned from airing. <laughs> so, that's, that's that's hilarious for reasons I don't think we should get uh, we should get to into yes. on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I feel like we, yeah, this is a great way to kind of rein it back. <laughs> so we'll yeah. talk about this uh, last thing, and because we do need to pay the bills here on LP Radio, we'll take a quick break before going even deeper into stuff. But to kind of just end this debate uh, for the, the debate, we're not really debating anything. Just, uh, well, I guess. We've, the only thing we've debated so far is television and internet. We've not even done AWWE or Concordia. <laughs> but, um, so I'm assuming you've seen uh, the reactions online to things to the 1.4 rating. Like, I'm ass- AKA, I'm assuming you had your phone on <laughs> earlier today and saw everything. Uh, he yes. showed me his phone as proof. <laughs> so, yeah. So, in your opinion, are people acting like 1.4 is the biggest wrestling rating in the world and kind of overblowing it? Or are some people kind of accidentally doing what they're ridiculing against and reading a bit too much into what people are saying and there aren't actually that many people crying out uh, like, I'm a massive, I'll do the death of at WWE. Like, I've, I've, maybe I curate my Twitter feed quite well, but I've not seen any 1.4, WWE's doomed! I've not seen any of that. <laughs> but I've seen the odd tweet trickle through of uh, people saying that, uh, they've, they've seen people saying that. So... Ray, oh, Ray Catter, given your kayfabe name <laughs> with the events. Uh, so, yeah, Vance, in your Twitter world, have you seen anything like that? Do you think people are blowing it out of proportion, or is that just a small niche? I think it's a small niche on both sides, but the small the small niches are loud. Look at us, the IWC. Oh, yeah. We're not that big, but we're loud as hell. But I think the real answer is down the middle. 
So I think there's such a groundswell of people who are disenamored or jaded or just don't like the WWE or events or want something different, which is what Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny kind of bred and 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 I don't I was gonna say negatively take advantage of, but cultivate it, right? And that's what kind of led to this AEW thing. And then there are regular to diehard WWE fans varying degrees who are happy with WWE who are tired of seeing their brand their company being not in some cases like in some cases trashed but in other cases just saying we're tired of it and so both sides are are chomping at each other because both sides want to be right and both sides are right if you like WWE great like it if you like AEW great like it AEW did an amazing rating great NXT did a good rating, and both NXT and AEW barely met Raw, barely met the Raw rating. So, like, it's all right. But I think that we're changing our narrative based on what side of the fence you're on. And I think that there's a that the fact that there's a side, there's the fact that there's a fence to, to begin with is the issue. Because who the hell cares? Like. <laughs> What like I'm a diehard WWE homer. I don't like a lot of what AEW has done. I don't like a lot of what AEW has stood for. I don't like a lot of the things AEW said that's turned out not to be true. But I I bought All In, and I I was gonna get a ticket to go to All In, but I had to work. I bought Double or Nothing. I bought oh I watched we had it for free. Fight for the Fallen. I watched Fighter Fest. I bought All Out. I watched I watched the AEW Dynamite first episode. I don't have to like it to not to support it, and it's not that I don't like everything about it. I enjoyed a good portion of the show last night, but like I don't hate them, you know, and I don't not want them to succeed. You know, I got issues with a lot of stuff they do, but that doesn't mean I want, don't want them to succeed. And so much of this has become personal because as the internet has grown and and Twitter has become like. Everything is life. So, like, your life depends on your next hot take or your next stance. So if if I tell you that, you know, fried eggs are better than poached eggs, i got to ride or die on that. That's Twitter. So if AEW is better than WWE, i got to ride or die on that, and I'll fight you to the death. And, like, I think some of the hot takes are ridiculous, but it's on both sides. And, like... Like what you like, don't don't like what you don't. Analyze both equally and keep it moving. Yeah, like I feel like I'm kind of uh, slightly lucky that I am kind of someone slightly on the outside without real horse in the race. Like my horse is, I want everyone to have a lovely time and have a great competition. <laughs> That's my horse. <laughs> That's so British of you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I say with my cold tea in front of me. <laughs> so, yeah, so like um. Like, I like there are. I like how there's uh, like different stances from certain people who are kind of like they don't have a specific horse. Like uh, there's people without much time. I'll use Doc as an example. who did a show last week. I mean, I'm not just plugging him because he name dropped me during it. But <laughs> in the so his kind of world of he's a very busy man. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. got a lot going on. So in his he's only got a certain amount of time to dedicate to one show. And you think you'd prefer, in his words he would prefer to like get into one of them. And ha- ha- have them grab him. If the other one then starts doing better, then that's the one he'll gravitate to. 
uh, that kind of world of they will compete for his viewing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of I like that idea of that world for people who don't have the amount of time that I do to be the kid in the candy store, get eating all the sweets, <laughs> and maybe feeling a bit sick in the future. But I'm all right now. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. It feels good going down. <laughs> it's it's when you're digesting it <laughs> like an hour later. And the sugar rush has died down. <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but wait and see how that feels. Like, my football viewing is going to take a massive hit this year. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Just yeah, uh, I bet. Well, I bet. Oh. Uh, with SmackDown on a Friday, I can't watch it till Saturday, and that means on the, the Saturday where I'm now going to be posting my column, I've got to both finish it and watch SmackDown and kind of put all that together. Where like as of late, I would have been posting the column on a Friday. And, like, uh, there's no other show on a Friday. It's nice and easy. I can kind of post it a little bit while. But, no, I've got a show to watch. I've got that. And then my local football team, Nottingham Forest, they'll kick off at, like, 3 p.m. So I've got a deadline as well, which is just going to push it even further. And I'm the guy who does AW Aftershock. So I'd prefer not to be up at 8 (laughs) a.m. to get it done, because I'll be up till 8 a.m. that that night. (laughs) So I prefer not to have to do that. (sighs) I don't know how often it's that. It's just happened. <laughs> so, yeah. you, I'm sleepy just thinking about everything you just said. Like, that's a, that's a lot of work, man. <laughs> like, I just got home from a full-time shift at, at work. I recorded my regular podcast, The Outsider's Edge, as a plug. And now I'm on with you. And I, I'm sitting there like, man, I'm tired. And you out here talking. It's What is it, like 4 o'clock there? Oh, 4.20, yes. Oh, 4.20. <laughs> it's a 4.20. Yeah. You... Hats off to you, my brother. Like you are, <laughs> you do this for real, man. Like I'm just, I'm playing podcasts. You podcast for real. Yeah, to my to my mental health detriment, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> oh, there's no better no better feeling than coming off from a solo show and you don't have any tweets or anything, and you just go to bed and you're like, I don't know, was it shit? Did they want to listen for a reason? Did they not tell it? Was my picture rubbish? Was it? <laughs> Is it me? Am I bad? <laughs> it's just oh. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a fun game with your mind <laughs> doing that. Uh, right, anyway, we're going to take a quick ad break, and when we return, we'll be talking. We're not. I've got to finish this point first. <laughs> we're done with the TV14. I don't want to come back to any of our notes on the ratings or anything when we come back. So, uh, so I've so I've only seen the odd tweet of people coming down on folk rather than it itself, which probably uh, the people I follow will probably be more like New Japan, and I mm-hmm. guess the mix of AW in there as well. So, given mm-hmm. that AW is the uh, the branch, there we go, that's a much better term than I was thinking in my head. The branch from New Japan, in a way, with the elite born within the Bullet Club, that kind of thing, it's all led to this. So, say thank you to New Japan, everybody. <laughs> and AEW is the love child of New Japan and Ring of Honor. <laughs> and Vince for not letting Cody drop the Stardust gimmick. It's, it's all come from those two things. <laughs> it's really weird. Like, like yeah, all the all the way Japan one thing was happening whilst in America. It's like, no, you got to be the weird alien guy. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to explain Stardust. He's an alien. It's just better than anything we were given. <laughs> so that's what I take. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so for what I see, 1.4 is a fantastic number. It's, but it's a fantastic number for this specific context where it's a brand new promotion. It's the first ever TV show in an industry that has had an essential monopoly for the last like 18 and a half years, which is for so long that for me, a 14-year fan, it's the only wrestling world I've ever known. So for me, this AEW thing, that's massive for me. Like I started watching 2005. The other promotions in America, they were dead by then. 
It's just WWE. That's all I've known. Uh, and I've gone from loving WWE and they being my only wrestling to me finding out Jeff Hardy had gone to TNA and kind of going over there to have a look at it. And then that's kind of led to me going to Ring of Honor because TNA Ring of Honor had that deal together and that kind of worked out there. And that led me slowly to be more open to try out something like New Japan or the smaller mm-hmm. promotions over in the UK like Progress, ICW, uh, PWG and the Battle of Los Angeles over in America. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm running out of breath. I'm going to take a breather for that. <laughs> but yes, one thing led to another. And now I'm like, I'm in terms of tuning into something new, I'm probably not the normal fan, especially in comparison to the, like me, I guess, a lot of fans in America where they'll be a WWE fan, but there's no other real wrestling on television, so they're not going to go out of their way to find something else. I feel like I'm a small niche where I'm more like a hardcore wrestling fan where I will... I'm more open to watching different kinds of wrestling. So watching AEW, for me, watching a brand new show, yes, it's massive that this is uh, the first one that's going to be competing against WWE in any form of fashion, really. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, watching something new and different, that's kind of what's become my norm over this decade as I've become more and more disinterested with WWE's product. I've become more and more open to trying out loads of different forms of wrestling. Like I actively, for a bit, watched a German promotion (laughs) <laughs> which is like WXW WXW yes I didn't watch it with the English commentary for a bit because I didn't know they did it but <laughs> it's still it's still, still a thing but yeah so this AW as well um, with WWE having that monopoly they've essentially been able to define what wrestling is and that makes the prospect of AW both exciting for being new and a gamble for being different and again I love that that's great like when I've been talking about AW kind of building up to this time I've been saying how I'd love them to be as different from WWE as possible. Because if there was one downfall of TNA, is that the comment of WWE Lite did have some merit. So that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, WCW they made an effort to be like visibly different, which was that was that was that was great for especially that period where it was uh, the NWO kind of booming. Like those two shows uh-huh. felt so different. And this is me, obviously, looking back in retrospect rather than being the point mm-hmm. live. But yeah, so with this, I got a very strong feeling of that, of yes, there'll be similarities, because, and this is where I'm saying this, I'm actively reining myself back from getting into the political world, but <laughs> getting rid of everything the other person did because the other person did it is stupid. Because that there's a light, very strong likelihood that that other person did some good things. Like there's a reason WWE has had the success they've had, and it's not just because they're they're a monopoly. They had to get to that point in the first place. They have done good things. They continue to do good things. For me personally, uh, the good thing things that I find good has become more sprinkled rather than like the core of the product. But that doesn't mean it's not there. It is still there. I still tune into WWE now and then, even. When I flat out, I say flat out, stop watching because I'm doing quotation marks for that. Because I would still check out a segment if I was interested on YouTube. So mm-hmm. even when, like after Bobby Lashley's sisters, that was me done all summer. <laughs> I didn't come back after. God, oh, yeah, that's a proper head shake <laughs> for that one. Oh boy. Uh, for me, this year it was they did the draft and then they didn't do the half the people who changed went to reverted back to a different brand and then the wild card came in and I went you know what I'm going to stop watching until they sort themselves out because <laughs> of course it is you can't get invested in anything in this period so I thought I'll wait a month for them to figure out what they actually want and I'll come back 
Uh, two months later, they still hadn't figured out <laughs> what they want, so I decided to go fully into New Japan and then come back for SummerSlam. Uh, from what I could tell, that was a good decision. <laughs> I mean, Very good, actually, yes. Mm. Yeah, so when I've asked about, I've asked about it in my column, because I checked in now and then, uh, just in terms of the like the two weeks of canon, the I don't know whether to get invested in this, because will it exist in three weeks? That kind of thing. <laughs> so it's <laughs> two weeks of canon. Why is that an issue? Uh, tangent. <laughs> Stay away from the tangent. Uh, but yeah, AW, the first new mainstream promotion in the internet age with streaming options and the social media age where every <laughs> minute piece is going to be overanalyzed. Like, they are the first person to be born in that world. Like, imagine if the first ever WCW was analyzed to this degree online. Yeah. It's yeah. like so, such completely different worlds. And especially as people are, as we were talking about technology earlier we can watch both of them at the same time with no hassle. Like, literally, I do have the television up and I just turn on my phone and I'm watching the other one. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's such a completely different world. But yeah, so, uh, I feel like it's a perfect way for me to end my rant and drink a whole load of water in an ad break, which I said was coming like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so, uh, we'll be back in about five seconds or so. Uh, if you're not listening live, enjoy your geolocated ads. I was really smart and unmuted our mics before pressing the play button like a true professional <laughs> podcaster <laughs> who knows what sounds are made. <laughs> so, well done, me. Uh, anyway, so the second half of this show, where we're going to blast through, I say blast through, if, yeah, the Game of Thrones approach, where if we talk about anything, we need to explain it in its full detail. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. This first half was like one paragraph off my notes. It took us an hour. <laughs> so let's see how it goes. I might drop stuff. So, uh, so the uh, an argument which uh, Vaka I keep calling you kayfabe name. I might just have to stick with it. <laughs> That's fine. That's um, so a lot of people come. The reason I created the reason I use Ray Cash as a kayfabe name was because my nickname is legitimately Ray. Uh, so like, I'm completely fine with you calling me Ray. It's it's, it's all good. I find it. Uh, Slightly weird, but somebody who knows me as my real name of Matt, like when somebody knows me as that and then calls me Imp, I was like, oh, it's weird. <laughs> like, like if I, I would never, yeah. catch, like, it's like my brother calling me Imp. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not right. That's my internet alias. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. But yeah, so Vance the other day was talking about something on Twitter, and that's it's kind of what sparked me to ask him to come onto this show. But he was talking about, there was a conversation going on, and uh, he put a little comment on it of, I say a little comment, it was a massive thread, <laughs> but yeah, so a, a mini comment in the relative terms of somebody's written columns, <laughs> a Twitter thread is a mini comment in comparison to that, but there's this thought going around of WWE are only doing what they're doing because of AEW. So, mm-hmm. for me, who didn't look into it, I guess, as heavily as Vance did, for 
me looking at it, there were certain deals in place way before AEW. There were certain ones where I feel like they might not have been. Might not, might not have been would be stuff like Evolve on the network. Well, I'm not how. Yeah. I don't know stuff about that. So, like, putting a show against those AW pay per views, like, one of them might have been a coincidence. All three of them, suddenly not a coincidence. <laughs> that kind of thing. Sure, sure. Television, though, and this is a thing, but I'll let Vance get into this a bit more. Television, though, completely different world where these deals take quite a lot of times, and WWE have a lot of clauses where they have to fulfill certain obligations, and that's what kind of leads to NXT. But. Personally, um, in terms of AEW being an inf- are they like the the only reason WWE are doing what they're doing is because of AEW. The sentence I've written down in my notes is they're not a catalyst, but they are one of the many, 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 many parts. So, Vance, take it away. That's very well said. Actually, um, I would be quite frankly ignorant and a liar if I were to say that AEW wasn't in the cards or in the mind of WWE. But there is a big difference between saying AW was involved in the thought process and AW is the reason. Um, so there's a, the, the premier wrestling radio show here is busted open and bully Ray is one of the co-hosts and they were speaking about it and he was saying definitively that AEW was the catalyst for most of this change you're seeing in WWE with the new Raw, SmackDown on Fox, AEW, I mean NXT going head-to-head AEW. I completely forget about the Evolve situation, but that's another one and all this. And I was thinking because... I oftentimes find myself having to defend WWE. That's actually kind of what I'm known for. Excuse me. And it's not because I'm a WWE homer, which I truly enjoy WWE. WWE is my favorite promotion by far, and I'm very loyal. But I also watch a lot of other things and consume other things, a lot of other things. But I, I can see... I have the ability to step back and see things without bias. And maybe to other people, I'm seeing it with full bias, but I think I'm seeing it unbiasedly. I like, in cases like these, to pull up unmitigated facts that opinions can't dispute. We all have our own opinion on anything. And like, WWE sucks, WWE's great, whatever. That's fine. But let's talk about the factual things to give us some pretense to have our opinions. And that's what the crux of the thread was, uh, to give some like deeper perspective. The, uh, the Raw and SmackDown, both, they both signed, they, they both the deals were announced on June 26th of last year, 2018. WWE has historically been with NBC universal, on USA Network, for except for those few years they were on TNN or Spike. But they've been with USA for pretty much the, the entire time of uh, Raw has, of, of, the, of the Raw show. SmackDown floated around. SmackDown came to USA because WWE is a member of the family. Uh, NBC Universal told WWE, we don't really want to pay for SmackDown. You can shop it. We want Raw. They gave WWE a $1.25 billion for Raw. People lost their mind. The fact that they were able to shop SmackDown and to sell SmackDown on its own 
for a billion shows you the the gravitas WWE has as a company, shows you the booming market wrestling is becoming again, and shows you the value of live television. Because broadcast television in, in, in America, broadcast television is much like you said with ITV. Broadcast is free. All you have to do is have a cable hookup. Broadcast is free. That's like seven, eight channels that are free. Fox is one of them. They're on free TV every Friday. Prime time. It's huge. But those deals were announced in June. And in the press release, and this is just like dirt sheet press release, in the WWE.com press release, they say that they go into effect October 1st, 2019. The season premiere of Raw was September 30th. The season the, the season premiere of a, of Fox, SmackDown on Fox, it will be October 4th. That's why this week is premiere week, because the new deals came into effect this week. So just off that, before we go any further, understand that there's a new there's a new boss. There's more money that's been that's been that's been spent that's ever been spent for this company or for this product before. So that should tell you, number one, the changes are coming because you have new people with with their with their thoughts and ideas now and there's more money and whenever there's more money people want more control it's number one number two is the one that we all know is fact aw became a company officially was announced on january 1st of this year right but even if you want to go further than that all in was in september of 2019 september labor day weekend so june september that's two months, three months between those times before AW, before Cody and the Bucks even thought about having a damn company, before they had they hadn't had a show yet. So you want to get a little a little deeper into it after that. Uh, WWE announced that Paul Heyman would become the executive director of Raw. Eric Bischoff will become the executive director of SmackDown. Not kayfabe. These are corporate positions. They're listed on the corporate website now. This is a corporate position. And these were announced in an investor call. This isn't for play play. These, these are real positions. And that was announced on July 25th of this year. Okay? Now, you said yourself, these, these moves don't just say happen overnight. Hey, Paul, you want to be overall cool, sign the deal. No, they're going to take months to iron out contracts. They're going to take months to iron out clauses and things of that nature. So there is real planning going into this. And and the one looming thought process over all of this is I don't even know the date of this, but Vince announced the XFL last year, right? So that's another thing. You could add to that. So we're, we have the deals were announced a year and a half ago for this week. You have the new bosses of the show announced three, four months ago. You have the the company that the new company that's going head to head with this, with this company that was announced after the the. Uh, the show, the, the uh, they announced their show. AEW announced their show, um, Dynamite, 
they announced that they had a deal for a show on May 15th, and they announced it was going to be on October 2nd, of, uh, on July 24th. So over a year after WWE announced that they would be on Fox on October 4th, AEW announced they'll be on Fox on October 2nd. So all of these, these are facts, unmitigated facts. You can go look it up for yourself. If you don't believe me, I implore you to look it up for yourself. So I see these facts, and these facts tell me that there is a plan in place. There's a some semblance of a plan in place. Oh, well, WWE Raw changed their stage and got pyro. It's the first episode of a new regime with new money. I think that that, that, that was in the cards. We've heard all these rumblings about uh, Fox wants SmackDown to be more sports-like. You mentioned the frame rates of the cameras are probably sporting cameras. That Fox has a say-so in certain things. There's been all these rumblings about both... um, both networks are fighting over which stars they want in the draft. If the networks didn't have any say, that wouldn't be a, a report. And then when we get to NXT, which I didn't even allude to in my thread, NXT has been rumored for over for years now, but specifically around the time these deals were being talked about and being signed. NXT was always being rumored to come to Fox, but it was supposed to go to FS1. The reason they went to USA, and we're going to keep it a buck here, 100%, is because Todd Chrisley lost his mind. Todd Chrisley, and this is facts, Todd Chrisley is a man who, I don't know what he does, I don't know why he's famous, but he got like three reality shows. Double that and an he's, Englishman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's all over the USA Network, and he's about to go to jail for tax fraud. And in all of that controversy, which is enough, he extorted his oldest daughter with a sex tape of her for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't care. I don't want to know about that man. So, you know when they showed? You know when the, when the Chris Lee shows were on? Wednesdays. You know what else was on Wednesdays? Suits, which was the final season. And it was ending. So WWE was given an opportunity for a show they were already shopping because a spot opened up. But it's it's real convenient to say, oh, well, they wanted to counter-program AEW when NXT was already on Wednesdays for over half a decade. So, like, there is there is absolutely understandable thought process of this new thing which is hot which is popular which is now which is happening if you want to have an old school thought to it got to affect Vince sure I will never ever deny that but from a factual standpoint you can't tell me factually that AEW had any real say or any real catalyst was a real catalyst in any of these changes that WWE has made. Because all these changes were in the works before AEW was ever thought of. And like for uh, 
Okay, for me who knows a lot less about the way American television works and things, you can have a breather now. <laughs> Is that weird? Thank you. I need I need some of that tea you got. <laughs> but yeah, with uh, someone who doesn't really know American television anywhere near as well. And would also pull funny faces like, who the hell is this Chrissy fella being advertised at the bottom of my wrestling? <laughs> Just... No idea. <laughs> but yeah, so um, the, uh, of course, uh, at the beginning of the year as well, AEW, they wanted Tuesdays. That was the big report. It was going to be called Tuesday Night Dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this, in terms of like, I won't, I won't ever rule it out that there's a possibility both companies were thinking of going against each other and both companies did it. And as a fan, I wouldn't want it any other way. Like, the situation we've got is amazing. Like, no matter um, which side... If you are on one of the sides of the fence, again, me personally, with New Japan being my first one, these, when I look at... Even though I spend hours watching these and writing about these things, (laughs) the reason I feel like I can do that is because I don't get overly invested. Like, that's my rule with WWE. Uh, I feel like... Uh, especially as someone who comes from New Japan where the more you watch it, the more you get invested, which might be what mm-hmm. AEW go for, and that kind of gets me excited a little bit. Uh, NXT kind of goes for that a little bit as well, aside from the fact of them being developmental. They've had to lose their stars ECW style, so mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't really do the long-term stories that uh, uh, I can't say the name, that New Japan do. But um, my rule with WWE was it felt like you got punished for trying to get invested and keeping up with the storylines every single week. Uh, I, I truly found that out when for projects I went back and looked at all the storylines from the uh, the year I think it was 2018 I looked at and I looked back at the storylines and I realised how quickly things either massively changed or just stopped or ended or storylines that were introduced that were just never referred to again or the two weeks of canon as you suddenly realise it isn't the case with everything because obviously they did tell long term storylines or they did do things, uh, but but I say Brock Lesnar. I called it at the time. It felt like things stalled over the summer to go from Roman Reigns Lesnar to Roman Reigns Lesnar. But that is that I can't call that a storyline that just got changed or disappears. Like no, that was it flowed. Even I can't, all because I didn't care for it doesn't mean it wasn't there. <laughs> so it was an evident kind of flowy story. Flowy storyline. I'm going weird words. <laughs> no. But yeah, with. Um, yeah, so with uh, I I've lost my point. <laughs> so with because I said a weird word weirdly <laughs> that threw me off. Uh, but yeah, with with uh, New Japan with their long term storyline that was my thing. And go to WWE where they kind of often go from pay per view to pay per view, especially with a champion. The like Kofi Kingston this year. This, this has kind of been an issue for me with Kofi Kingston. I think mm. personally, in terms of him as a sole character, if you get if you don't include his storylines or whatever. He's been booked really strongly as champion, mm-hmm. and I've really, really enjoyed that, especially with the way he won the championship as well. Uh, they, it was a this wasn't in the plans, but they went with it really, really well. And Kofi Kingston got so much momentum, and it was a massive moment as well, becoming the first uh, African American African American champion to win at WrestleMania. If I'm right, it becomes a bit niche. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's easier to say the first African born. WWE champion. Oh, you're right as well. <laughs> so you don't, yeah. so you don't disrespect The Rock because The Rock is black, even though in WWE he's always been more represented by Samoan. But just forget all that nonsense. He's the first African-born WWE champion. Even Hollywood presents him kind of of that, and after it's like, no, he's half black, half Samoan. <laughs> he's yeah. Uh, the Rock yeah. is not black or Samoan. The Rock is The Rock. Okay. <laughs> so with 
What's my point? Why are we talking about The Rock? <laughs> so with Kofi Kingston, that was it. So with uh, with Kofi Kingston as champion, I can say that he is a champion that's been booked pretty strongly. But what I can immediately also see is he's kind of just had the month-to-month challenger and he has weirdly been... Let's like, say he's been a good champion means he's had consistency, but he's lived in a world where the world's not had consistency, as we're talking about with the shake-up, as we're talking about with the wild card, which was uh, kind of... Put, it was put down for a reason. The wild card was kind of nonsense, and fans would sigh whenever they heard it. Saudi Arabia style, they, cared, they disliked it that much. It was a universe-destroying thing because it didn't matter what band people went to. So when the when the draft for this was first announced, it was like, well, we've had the wild card. So uh, it's like when they announced all these uh, stars from the past to come back to <laughs> Raw and SmackDown. It's like you did the same thing like three weeks ago. <laughs> it doesn't. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, Kofi Kingston, really, really good champion, and because of the chaos of the world around him, his feud with Randy Orton has really been his first storyline he's properly had. In terms of like, it wasn't just a month-to-month challenger that he's a hundred percent going to beat. This was a fully-fledged yes. storyline for him to sink his teeth into and to kind of elevate himself from. And because of that, personally for me, it feels like his championship reign has only just started, and I could have him be champion all the way to the next year. I would, I would be perfectly fine with that. Mm. They're not gonna because Fox <laughs> and Fox wants Brock. So, yeah. But yeah, so that's my that's my kind of like week to week canon issue I've had with WWE, where if you go, you do, you do go back and you look at the kind of storylines that they have done. They don't last that long, and that doesn't mean it's bad. This is where I'm kind of bringing it back to AEW with the thinking they might do it New Japan style of tell it. It might. When you watch the first show, you see some wrestling. You might not see like a very clear story arc, but as you watch more of it, you will see that. You will see the character development. You will see why he responds a certain way he does to a certain opponent. Like results in a city also matter, which is especially this is it. This because I tried to explain it to people when they said more sports centric. I think the term was what Tony Khan used: more sports centric mm-hmm. entertainment or whatever. Um, a lot of what I saw from AW was just straight up from New Japan. So I was drawing comparisons to that, like the interviews after the show, which go up on YouTube. Uh, that is, I really like that. Of course, a lot of people, like most of that 1.4 million won't go to YouTube and watch the interview afterwards. Mm-hmm. But it, the fact that it's there, I really, really like that. And they, the whatever this heel stable get called, if they are the, 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 the Swagger Boys, <laughs> whatever they're called. Alpha Club. Alpha, oh that, yeah, that would make all the sense in the world. Call them Alpha Club. The t-shirts are already there on ProWrestlingTees.com. <laughs> it's an accidental plug, but with um, so I really like that kind of influence. The uh, introduce, uh, sorry, not introducing, making the count longer at ringside as well. That's a New Japan thing. Uh, to, to announce how much time is left in the match. That's a New Japan thing. Mm-hmm. The uh, the focus of it all being like match. Match, match. It was a little bit different because, of course, you got the adverts in between, and you had the SCU bit on this week's show. But most, but it was all within the arena. It was all match, match, match kind of thing. And if you ever went backstage, it was the. I think the only backstage thing we got was the in locker, in locker room kind of sh- showings of them, and they blatantly knew the cameras were there and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a lot of influence from New Japan into a long-term storyline telling and that gets me interested for that long-term storyline telling where I'm not saying what WWE does is outright bad it's different it's uh, I was going to say like a 
Marvel comic compared to a graphic novel. They're both in a similar kind of world. They just tell their stories in very, very different ways. And both are very, yes. very popular. Which makes me think there is room for AEW that's like this. Which makes me excited. But of course we will see it balance out over time. What is it actually like uh, in terms of what the long-time viewership is. Because there'll be loads of people who, for everything I've just listed as, oh, I love that, there'll be people out there who would hate it because of those specific reasons. <laughs> and, 100%, yeah. Yeah, like, I won't be able to probably have a decent conversation with <laughs> someone who disagrees so strongly. <laughs> like, you better have, like, reasons and backup points <laughs> and uh, bullet point notes when you come to the pod if, <laughs> if I happen to be one of those. But, yeah, so... And one of the other things which kind of leads me fully back into it is on... Uh, I'm really bad at remembering other podcasters' names. Wade Keller. Uh, Tony Khan was on his show mm-hmm. this week. And it's specifically one thing Tony Khan said, so I'm not really going to go into the podcast or whatever. But Tony Khan talks about one technique that WWE uses that he hates. And this is where I got very, very nerdy. The use of the invisible camera. So if you don't know what that means, <laughs> that is where there's a backstage segment and you'll have like, I think it was this week they did something where it would be AJ Styles and I'll say Ricochet. They've done this in the past. And they'll just have, like Ricochet's walking down the hall, AJ Styles will come in and they'll have a wee chat and then that'll lead to a bit of a conf- confrontation. Oh, and then they'll go to the, uh, oh, how about we settle this in the ring? It's like, yeah, I'll settle this in the ring because I'm the heel and I've got confidence. <laughs> so they do stuff like that. The point being, they are having that entire conversation whilst pretending the camera crew's not there. And in, especially when you're giving a more sports-centric presentation, that's a little can't bit weird. That. Yeah, you can't be doing that kind of thing. It's a kind of bit jarring. In WWE's world, where it is... like The philosophies are very, very different. Mm-hmm. Like, AEW looks to be telling stories on television within a wrestling context, whilst WWE... Mm-hmm looks to present stories in wrestling within a television context. I'm not saying either is bad, but the focus is different. Like You, mm-hmm. you yourselves will have to decide which one you prefer. But mm-hmm. me personally, I prefer the wrestling context rather than, rather than the television entertainment context. That's just a personal preference. There will be loads of people, loads of people are listening to this. You will have your own personal one of what you care about, but the endings of both shows kind of showed that in a perfect kind of way. With AEW ending with a post-match beatdown in the ring, and Jack Swagger came out, whatever his name is, Jack Hager, that's it. Uh, we'll say one positive is they referenced to him as his with, via his undefeated MMA record and didn't make one <laughs> mention of him being a former WWE wrestler, which was wise because people don't rate him highly for his WWE even. And it's great A spin. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that is good to separate that. Just don't. People like we know who he is. He got a massive "We the People" chant, so that I'm surprised how that is still over, given what the point of it was. <laughs> or he he still does that in his in his, oh, in his, in his <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are on the edge of entering political again. <laughs> We've come so close, yes, yes. so many times. Yeah, uh, we've got to teeter back. Yeah. So uh, AW had that post-match beatdown, and it was all taking place in the ring. Uh, WWE ended with Bobby Lashley snogging another man's wife. Yes, <laughs> as in evidently, those are your two different philosophies in play right there. As in, what is the focus leading to the end of your show? One is a soap opera dramatic thing, 
uh, I don't even uh, the phrase the like the joke was is everyone in WWE now in a Cook storyline what is this Paul <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> why all of them no <laughs> but with um, you know AW saw the focus on an in ring thing whilst WWE had a it was literally not in the ring it was on the stage and it was an extra marital affair which was interesting and that meant that the actual thing to end the show lost its impact as in the actual thing which would have been very very close to what I'm talking about with AEW where the in-ring attack that kind of thing happened with The Fiend it kind of lost its impact because of the nonsense soap opera drama (laughs) that happened just before it but uh, yeah agreed yeah Yeah. so that is like a massive the the irony the the irony of that just just speaking on and by the way that was the I, I'm not a fan of the storyline but on YouTube right now it has 3.8 million views <laughs> yeah again the the difference in philosophy is up to you which one you prefer like me I don't really care for that nonsense like the Roman Reigns storyline I eventually started to enjoy the fact it was so blatantly booked from week to week that I didn't know what was going to happen next week. And I, knew, I knew whatever it was, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't fit what come before. Things would be blatantly ignored. That you would be presented. What happened to Rowan 2.0, or that he was never referenced, probably for good reasons. <laughs> that was such a weird ending. <laughs> but but yeah, so I started enjoying that storyline. I guess ironically, could be the way you're saying it. And then it suddenly turned good because they just ignored. They start. They got to a point where they could start ignoring all the bollocks. And just go, isn't Rowan good? Oh, he's got Harper with him now. Already oh, got the dynamic with Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan's giving it his all. Like, the uh, the reference point I used in my column was the Claire Lynch storyline, which is an infamous. Ooh. Yeah, it, it, Ooh. it links. Oh, it's a horrible. For somebody who watched TNA <laughs> at that point. So, uh, horrible piece of ter- television, horrific piece of writing. However, it gave us Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. Those two gave their all <laughs> in that one, and it was the birth of was it Bad Influence? They were called into Bad Influence. Yes, I loved that Bad team. Influence. And now they're in Bad AEW it. as a super popular SCU, like a decade later. And if that doesn't, that's the kind of point I'm trying to make with like Eric Rowan and Harper. Like we don't know if they'll have that longevity. I don't know how old they are. They used to be two NFL footballers. I don't know if that will start to, to kind of hit them later on in their wrestling careers. But that it that yeah. We've had the really crap storyline, which blatantly had no vision, but it did end up giving us heels who were fantastic, and Daniel Bryan gave his all. Like the material doesn't always have to be great if the person delivering it is amazing enough, and that's what Daniel Bryan was. Eric Rowan has proved he's also one of those, and Luke Harper's coming as well. As we all know he's like an amazing hand. And there's uh, Braun Strowman kicking at us like the Wyatt family. Jesus Christ, <laughs> the Wyatt family. Who would have known? Everyone predicted it would be the Shield and maybe just Bray Wyatt up there as well. But one just uh, they didn't know what to do with him really, <laughs> and the others the others got pushed. So I guess good for them. But yeah, like, all of the Wyatt family are now at the top. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the most mind-boggling thing in the world. That you would never have watched the 2017 Royal Rumble. I think it is. Well, no, 2016 Royal Rumble, with one where Brock Lesnar gets really angry at Strowman for mucking something up and then just dives at him with knees. <laughs> I think that's 16. Oh, yeah, 16, because it's the uh, Roman Reigns versus everyone match, where as soon as it was announced, everyone was like, oh, 
you don't have to force it, WWE. You can you can get over naturally. <laughs> just stop forcing it. It's fine. <laughs> it's just like no, they couldn't help it. <laughs> it's like you had to force it. Oh, but yeah, this what it's all come from. Me talking about Tony Khan hating the invisible camera. My main point with that was he hate he doesn't like that thing so much that is that all of the focus is going to be on the arena. So everything will be taking place there, which again, very New Japan influence, very sports centric. WWE. Um, that's why I'm interested with Fox because when they say more sports centric what do they mean by that do they mean that within a WWE entertainment uh, kind of context or do they mean it like we're kind of seeing with New Japan and AEW where you got a lot less of the I guess, outside entertainment fluff well here's, here's the thing here's the thing Matt WWE's never said Smackdown's going to be more sports centric uh, only Fox. <laughs> uh, the, re- the reports have said that. It's never come from WWE's mouth. Mm. So when SmackDown looked the same, <laughs> they never said it. It's like, the assumption, though. It's, 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 mm. a, it's a fair assumption. Yeah, as, and uh, like, I, as I was picking it up as well, like we got the sports cameras as well. Like If that is step one, like especially as like, the number one thing, before you see anybody move and you're like, oh, I can see them moving weirdly. Oh, the slams look different. Like, oh yes, it's it's like when I went to see The Hobbit when it was forty five frames and everyone goes, It's really weird. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> but with um Yeah, but immediately there's the colour is a lot more natural with these cameras. Because again, if they're sports cameras, they don't want to make them look like Hollywood stars. They're like, These are athletes, damn it, they're in there in the gruff of the soil. <laughs> Covered in the mud. Mud, you don't call it soil <laughs> in sports. The the mud of the earth. And they give like all the dirt all over them. They prove that they've had a really, really good game. They've thrown themselves all over the place. Like those cameras kind of get that across, and yeah, people looked a bit more washed than normal. Like that camera yeah. would do wonders for King. <laughs> he wouldn't realize how orange he is. <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know what's going to be coming kind of next. I'm quite excited. They've got all the big names, which again. Hopefully, because the last time they did they did bring in the names, they did a much much better job of having them integrate. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin at Madison Square Garden, a hundred times better than the I guess the special the Raw reunion that was it, where you were saying like we need a ratings bump, damn it. And you know what though, but I didn't mind it because if you listen to all the the, the legends talk about that day, that was something special for them. Mm. I don't mind sacrificing a show every now and then for them as long as that's the context. I think the uh, the the I think the crux of what a lot of fans issues have been with legends isn't that is it's the context. It's that it's not that they're coming back and they're doing legends things cool. It's that they're coming back and they're putting themselves over hmm. the new talent and the new talent's looking worse. Or they're putting down the new talent because new talent is being pushed out of the way for them. So Raw Reaction was a one-off show where the legends, that was their day. I'm fine with that as long as that's it. One time. We could do it again next year, but like one day. But like if uh, if, a leg, if, if, if Hogan would have done the leg drop on Corbin and then later on in the night Mark Henry would have slammed Mike Kanellis. and like at that point, you're putting you're not you're putting you're putting the all the legends over the new guys. Foley getting the uh, the yes. fiend attacking him was was perfect 
AJ going going toe to toe with Steve Austin was perfect. And even though he took a stunner, the stunner is taking a stunner from Stone Cold is almost it's almost as good as beating up another person. It's like that's when you take a stunner from Stone Cold in this capacity, you know you've made it, right? So, yeah, I'm completely with you. Like, context, man. Like, if you want to show some love to them because they've done stuff and they needed, you want to give back to them, cool. One time, they had their one show. Let's move on next week. And I I was a massive fan of how they were integrated at Madison Square Garden, as you said, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's like, yes, Cedric Alexander got the win and then Stone Cold's music played, but he got to celebrate with Stone Cold, damn it, and he's the one who got the win and then went on to lose victoriously at the pay-per-view in a really weird decision. But before before it was good, (laughs) even... I can question what happened with the pay-per-view, but the actual thing at Madison Square Garden, yeah, the legend was used well. So this, obviously... The legend. It turns out the legends on Monday were to integrate with Saudi Arabia, which is which is, which is its own thing. And I'll be going. Turns out I'm live on the thirty first, uh, the same day as Crown Jewel. So I'm not going to be watching it. <laughs> like even if I didn't have my reasons for not watching it, like I watched the very first KSA show they did, and it wasn't good. And I was like, right, this isn't for me. <laughs> so I realised I'm not the audience for that. Therefore, why would I tune in? I'm not going to get anything out of it, so just don't tune in. Uh, so that's what I've done ever since. And of course, then I've been doing my columns afterwards, going into more and more detail about stuff. And then, um, now I'm having a massive tangent. I, was, I, will, I will just let Vance jump in before he forgets his point. <laughs> I was going to say, I promise you, if WWE wasn't getting paid so much money as they are by KSA, they wouldn't. They wouldn't televise it. It's only televised because they're getting paid multi-million dollars. So it doesn't make sense to have this much money and not show it to somebody. Hmm. That's a house show. It's just a house show inside a 70,000 seat (laughs) stadium. You know? So... It's not for us. It's for the guy who thought Yokozuna was still alive. Like It's for a very specific person. So... so, (laughs) So that's why the legends came out. This <laughs> I've broke him <laughs> that one. <laughs> hey, Fitz, can you find Yokozuna? Can you can you bring him? Oh my god, that's hilarious! Well, I'm waiting. For... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go that's, ahead. that's why that guy from NXT was in the Rumble. Like, yeah, yeah Babatunde. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, oh, he's this is Yokozuna. See, <laughs> just like no, that was. That was... I love that story because <laughs> it's, it, so, it, it's I love stories that are so crazy and so ridiculous that you can't believe they're real, but like they are. And then like you're like, well, damn, that's okay. I guess it's real. Like you, I would not believe that that dude. Like that, that's not that's not a headline you would just normally believe if you read it. But it's real. Yeah, <laughs> and the. Uh... So that's why the legends came out this time was to lead to the next show of that, and immediately you could hear the crowds go uh <laughs> and just zone out and kind of like it was. Uh, cause we can find it interesting because we're in that that point where fans are starting to be like, mm, I, I don't need to be seeing Hogan, I don't need to be seeing him. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's like fifty fifty on that. I don't, I'm not glued in enough, but there's a very strong, uh, uh, I guess, voice of. No, um, I'm I'm done with him. Thanks, don't need him anymore. But they keep bringing him back. Uh, I just I just say before, without going into too much detail, just read Rich Latter's columns 
that's all I'll say. He's, he gets it across amazingly with just the the points <laughs> which kind of need to be made. Uh, and he's a man who lives in Florida and used to see him all the time, so he got hurt a bit more than, I guess, normal people because he was in his neighbourhood. It's from where he's from, so it hit him more than it would hit a normal folk. Uh, as, or, or a person like me from across the pond. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I need to jump man. away because of... <laughs> Lance Hulk Hogan, man. Oh, man. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's why the Legends came back this time, was to put over the next Saudi Arabia thing. And yeah, immediately everybody loses interest, and uh, and uh, that was one of the many facets playing into the main event. Yes, Randy Orton and Baron Corbin were both there. And when you're watching the show, it's like oh, there's so many things going on here. But then also we got amazing videos afterwards, like just Randy Orton and Baron Corbin were just <laughs> comedy gold. <laughs> None of it was on camera. <laughs> it was just like when he came oh, back from he came back from break, and Rusev was just laughing to something off camera, going, ha, "Where's your chair?" And we had no idea what he was laughing at. And then it turns out it surfaced online that Baron Corbin <laughs> sat down on his throne and it just collapsed. <laughs> and Randy Orton yes. just breaks <laughs> completely. <laughs> so, uh. And the other one was when uh, Lana and Bobby Lashley came out and did their bit. <laughs> where Randy yeah, Orton that's, and... that's the way to put it, their bit, yes. <laughs> uh, Randy Orton and Baron Corbin were just pissing about, essentially. <laughs> Off camera, so they were having fun. And then Orton, like, and, Orton and Corbin, the duo you didn't know you needed, but now you know. Yeah, like I'm, I'm one of those people who's like quite a big fan. That like, this show, especially when I've had uh, Burn on my normal co-host who uh, is on now and then, uh, former co-host. Not, it's not been normal for about two or three years, <laughs> a bit in the past. But whenever he's on, I properly get to talk about how much we love Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, me too. Really, really rate that guy. Um, he did get go away heat towards the end of last year. Because his his booking put him in such a prominent spot, and the heel it was a world where heel heat was like in every segment, and it just got to a breaking point of I need I need a bit of happiness, please. Like this is too much. <laughs> and Baron Corbin was kind of like the ultimate point of that. He was the I guess embodiment of all the massive heel heat at the time, which was kind of turning people away a bit. Um, and then all the blame was put on him in kayfabe. Where this is like when they said yeah. it in kayfabe, I don't think the fans actually wanted an answer quite like that because they gave the thing of like we know it's not been that great, and it's all Baron Corbin's fault. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> like I know it's not. Uh, hopefully, this is a turning point, and getting rid of that character was a very very good way to then, then move on. And for me, Baron Corbin is in that perfect position. He was the perfect guy to win King of the Ring, especially as you remember. If this isn't like in New Japan, where if they win, they'll get a title shot or they'll be elevated in some way. Whoever wins the King of the Ring in WWE gets a king gimmick. <laughs> so it's really important they, they can look like a nonce whilst feeling like they're the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> Baron Corbin, he nails that. He's so good at it. Yes, that. <laughs> yes, so, yes. Nothing but praise for Corbin on this show. <laughs> Even... Like, I found out when I put out my column and I'd spent ages photoshopping about Corbin and I named the column All Hail ba- King Corbin and I found out people on Facebook don't like Baron Corbin <laughs> like, very quickly. Like, people yeah. don't like very, Baron Corbin very much but I love I love Big Breakfast. That's that's our <laughs> nickname for him, by the way. Big Breakfast. Uh, big Banter Corbs he is over here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love the guy. Uh, I think we've gone on another tangent. We were talking about using legends and things, and that's what makes it interesting for SmackDown. Because we're, we're, this is on a Thursday. Uh, I know a lot of people listen to this like over the weekend, so you would have seen SmackDown by that point. But 
Uh, for us, in this moment, we've not seen SmackDown. And all we know these big stars are coming in. We don't know what for. I love people going, come on, Eric Rowan, this is your time to get revenge on Rocky. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Go really get it. Optimistically. <laughs> Just like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, because they were used so well at Madison Square Garden, that kind of gives me hope. And I'm kind of writing off Monday Night Raw because they weren't there to be kind of used in that manner. They were there to promote a Saudi Arabia thing. The Rock is not there to yeah. do that. Like, uh, the, the people who were there for SmackDown, they're not there for that, and that makes it really interesting as how they're going to be used to elevate people. And apparently The Rock really wants a segment with Becky Lynch, which is, like, yes, 100%, that is perfect, as long as you don't call her a slut like you did Lana or anything like that. As in, play ball, Rocky. <laughs> play ball, Dwayne, and like, hopefully it'll work out. The Rock doesn't. The Rock is 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 one of it's one of them not the greatest talker ever, but Becky is Becky on that mic is fire. So he he don't want to say the wrong thing. She'll let him have it, and she has no qualms about saying anything at any point. I felt like my hope is like uh, the the cutting edge with Becky Lynch and Edge, where Becky Lynch just just turned on him, and it was fantastic. Like my hope is something like that. Like the Rock tries to do his normal stick, and then Becky Lynch is like, "No, no, no! This is my time." In her Irish accent, <laughs> not like that. Clive for Ricky and Clive still hates Becky because of that moment, because Edge is his, is his bait. So it. like to this day, he will not forgive Becky for going off on Edge. It's <laughs> the funniest thing to me. <laughs> Uh, well, me, <clears throat> I've got my Irish heritage, so anyone Irish will be. I'm, I try to think away. I am a, my granddad immigrate, emigrated, so I am second generation, third generation. I'm Randy Orton, third generation. <laughs> I think I go with that, yeah. Uh, I would be in the legacy stable. I would be like, well, I'd be like Manu, <laughs> who's just as big as a like gone. Oh. <laughs> I'm a, as a like, as a, I would have been like a kid slash teenager at that point, and I remember thinking like, oh, I actually quite liked his finish. It was, I think Eric Young used it at one, where he's got a, he got them in like the, I call them the baby carry hold, <laughs> but you're holding them like under the knees and their back, and then you just lift them, you throw them into the air, and then kind of catch them with a net breaker, and it looks amazing. Uh, and he did that. Unfortunately, he didn't have any other moves or any other wrestling <laughs> skills or promo skills or so really anything. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's an amazing column available out there for le- the legacy era when it was more than just Cody, Ted DiBiase and Randy Orton, but they tried to expand it and it just awful, awfully failed. <laughs> But I mean, th- no disrespect to these guys, but like Manu and Sim Snooker are not what you would think oh, of yeah. the caliber <laughs> of Cody Rose and Ted DiBiase Jr. Yeah. Just like they're not there, especially as the Samoan family is. Obviously, they would find their next Samoan star, Roman Reigns. But yeah, there was a massive gap between, I guess, Umaga and the next one. Like uh, rest well, in the, peace, Eddie. But it's just a bit. The yeah, Usos, the Usos were up. But, oh, I mean, I keep the Usos can that. never be anything but a tag team because they're twins. Hmm. So like, it would be really weird to see Jimmy Uso as a singles champ and Jay Uso doing a different, a different segment. It would be really weird with twins. 
But with brothers, it can work. Like if Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson ever went over their own separate ways, be for injury or whatever, it wouldn't feel too weird because they do look different. They're not twins, right? <laughs> yeah. And they and they wrestle totally different because Nick Jackson is the flippiest flippy wrestler in the flippy do world of flippy do <laughs> wrestling, and Matt Jackson deserves the Oscar for selling the same back injury for seven years. So like, they're different people. <laughs> like you've got the I guess. Uh, the spectacle of the Jeff Hardy and then the Matt Hardy as well, who likes to do the more technical kind of side of it. You've got, yes. yeah, they are very similar in that way. Uh, Nick Jackson, not as mental, not not as much of a stuntman, <laughs> stuntman as, weirdly, he's Matt Jackson, who's the stuntman, all <laughs> the two of them, with the yeah, insane think, yeah. destroyer and stuff like that. He's the one who takes the mental bumps whilst uh, Nick's the one who does the, I guess, fancy-looking ones. He'll jump from the top of a ladder, but he's doing it safely onto, like, three or four tables, and he's going flat. There has to be another person on there as well. <laughs> he's not going crazy. <laughs> anything like that. Yeah. But I feel like I'm kind of drifting off a bit. This is the point in my notes where I've written Vance's thing. However, I've let you talk quite a bit. I don't know. Have you got, in terms of the AEW or WWE things it's like uh, being talked about, is there anything that we haven't really mentioned that you do, like you desperately want to bring up or talk about, or not? And I've got a, I've, we haven't mentioned NXT, so I wanted to mention them a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, we can go to NXT, but I, there is one quick thing uh, you were mentioning about how they're different shows. Raw is to me, well, it's Raw's a variety show, right? But Raw oh, is. Yeah, is exactly what you called it. It's a television show. And AEW is a wrestling show. And and you whatever you gravitate to, you gravitate you said you gravitate to wrestling. I'm an entertainment fan. So like all the holes and stuff are cool, but can if I can keep it 100 100 with you like n- no bias. When when I'm watching wrestling, a lot of the times during the wrestling matches, I'm on my phone. Because like I love it. But, like, I'm more into the spectacle and the entertainment and the storylines and the things outside of the moves and the work rate. Like, that's cool, but that don't do nothing for me. Um, but, yeah, Raw is 100% a TV show. And and AEW, as so far, like a sporting entity. I'm curious to see if they can keep that up for episodic television because Raw didn't always used to be this SmackDown didn't always used to be this, but when you have to book episodic television every week, 52 weeks a year, a different show, different wrestlers, it gets difficult and you fall into tropes. And I'm really curious to see if AEW does the same thing. Um, That's where my comparisons to New Japan kind of fall apart, because they don't run shows that often. And mm-hmm. they'll do like a road to show where they actively tell you these aren't as important, that kind of thing. And they'll build to their big event. So that's kind of where the comparisons end. Can that format work on television every week for two hours? Yeah, I'm also interested to see how it happens. Yeah. But uh, to talk about NXT before we sign off and I go to bed and I'm realising what time it is. <laughs> quarter past five. <laughs> like, oh, boy. Oh. Someone else in the house is getting up because they've got to drive to a different city. So <laughs> well, we should end it within the next 40 minutes <laughs> at some point. Uh, but yeah, so with um, NXT, compared to a with AEW, they didn't actually put on a knock your socks off, this is incredible, 
pay-per-view level of a show. It felt more like, this is our show, this is what we'll try and be like each week. And that was it, really. They didn't, they didn't do anything mental or crazy. They had the surprise of Jack Hager coming out. They had the... Admittedly, if you're... With the, they've got the whole sports-centric type of thing, and they're still evidently establishing what they want their kind of in-match rules to be. They have got the thing of they've given personalities to the referees, so some will let more go. Like if you watched the Earl Hebner match, there was a lot more old-school tropes in the Earl Hebner match, like him being distracted for a low blow or stuff like that. You didn't get that with the other referees. Like some of them mm-hmm. just let brawls happen, and they were fine with it. That's the thing from New Japan, which is very confusing in a way because it's not really elaborated upon or explained it's just these referees they know the rules but they kind of enforce them how they want to red shoes doesn't give a damn (laughs) and if you are somebody who's only watched wwe that concept seems a bit unnecessary (laughs) because it seems complicated but if you it's one of those the more you watch it you learn the personalities of the referees so you kind of learn to what to expect but it takes time it's not really something you can understand within one episode and that was Perfectly exemplified by the main event, which was refereed by Rick Knox, the old bold lad. <laughs> I've referred to them like that. <laughs> like old bold lad, lady. <laughs> the young bold lad with the high-pitched voice, Bryce, he's amazing. He did a performance art over WrestleMania weekend <laughs> with the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. It's... That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I, I wanted to hate it so bad, but I watched the whole match. Ooh. That man deserved a raise for that. <laughs> yeah, It's Bryce Rensberg's performance art. <laughs> and it it sounds like I'm being silly. It's like no, seriously, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, really is. go watch it. He is that match, and it's it's amazing. But yeah, so all the referees have different personalities. Rick Knox seemed to let things go in the main event. For example, the amazing attack with uh, Dean no, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley <laughs> going after Kenny Omega, and the uh, paradigm shift through the glass table, which was apparently actually glass, but. They didn't bleed from it, and then apparently Kenny Omega was bleeding a bit afterwards. As in, he put him head first through an actual glass table, and he didn't bleed. So the visual didn't quite work, because there was no blood there to really impact it. But it's like, well, if you don't gimmick it, and you don't really have things set up for you to then sell it afterwards, then you kind of run that risk. But also... Why would you do that with... You just came back from the second battle of Mercer. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> so uh, this came from somebody who was one of the extras in the uh, I guess in the VIP area. He was paid to be an extra in that shot. Uh, and he was saying, no, it was real glass. He wasn't bleeding, but he did see some blood on Omega afterwards. To which like, uh, I saw that the people who he told that to were just like, you might have been worked, brother. <laughs> just with... <laughs> That kind of thing is like the way the glass shattered is like that felt a bit gimmicked, uh, but also the fact that there was no blood before he tells you that oh well that feels like more in the realm of reality in a way where sometimes you will do something crazy like that and you won't get cut for some reason it just happens it just the the angle wasn't right or something it looked amazing <laughs> but yeah yeah it looked great yeah but in terms of establishing what the rules are in AW this is where there's a bit of a weird thing because they've not actually established properly what the in-match rules are for AEW, never mind individual referees who will then enact upon them differently. So, I like it in concept, and it's probably going to take a lot of time to kind of figure it out and flesh it out, but I kind of feel like they need the basic rules to at least be put forward. Commentaries may be enough for that, just to explain which rules are set in stone and which ones the referees will choose and kind of... Like in a, I guess... 
in an NFL game or in a football game, the referee's mm-hmm. decisions will be different. Like the rules are pretty much the same, but they'll make different calls. And I feel like that's kind of is a good thing, but you need to know what the rules are. Like you don't watch going, you don't watch, you don't watch NFL going. Why the hell has he thrown that the yellow flag on the ground? Like the other referee didn't. Doesn't make any sense. Why do you throw the WWE? They wouldn't throw the yellow flag. <laughs> They've done it here. So, yeah. Yeah, like establish the rules, and that's kind of all. I've, that's my final note on the main event, really, with AEW. I was talking about NXT, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you had, a, but you had a legit reason to go back to. to oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. So the reason I brought up AEW was because they were kind of doing a. This is what our show will be without blowing your socks off mm-hmm. or anything, which was, in my opinion, very very smart because NXT can't do the show they did this week every week. This was essentially a takeover. And Matt mm-hmm. Riddle, Adam Cole, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that match was amazing. <laughs> it's just like, just, yeah, don't save any stars for anyone else, you greedy feckers. <laughs> just like, all the stars, yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, an amazing match. Takeover level, takeover main event level, really, to say it opened up this. It's like putting their best foot forward. Like, <laughs> it was yeah, an incredible match. But of course, they can't do that every week. NXT. The opener won't be like that next week. Whilst with AEW, yeah, I can easily see their opener being like a perfectly fine three star, three three and a half star like match to open the show. I can easily see them doing that again. This though, no, this won't happen next week. Uh, they did set. They, have, they did really well to use kind of the world that had been set up before USA and bringing stars back. They used that really well. Finn Balor, the, the kind of the surprise, and then the other one being Champa as well. That that really made the world feel fleshed out. And Adam Cole, like people want to be champion, making mm-hmm. feel, feel like a targeted man. And that, like, yeah, you don't get that on the main roster. It's really weird. It's such a basic concept of more than one person will, can want to be champion at a time. It's like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> and I'm perfectly fine with yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I really like that with NXT. But uh, yeah, so what was your uh, guess? Opinion on NXT and I guess the point I was kind of making with they can't do a show this good every single week and maybe was it the right idea to do a show of this quality when they're not be able to keep it up or because they've already had as you were saying they've been on this Wednesday slot for how many years that they didn't really need to do what it, what AEW did. So I don't I don't know if it was I think it I think it was smart business because they were trying to set a precedent. They were trying to show the audience that, hey, uh, these are the stars on the show, and these are why they're the stars. So, you know, a lot of the times we look at shows and matches are matches are booked just because they're booked, right? Hmm. But all five of the matches on NXT had reasons to be booked, right? So we know Matt Riddle won another one contendership, but but besides that, that match was booked specifically because Cole needed to look strong with Finn coming to confront him, right? Mm. Mia, Mia fought Io in the next match because in the Fatal 4-Way on the first NXT on USA, Mia pushed Io off the top rope, which led to, to Mia getting pinned by Candice. There's a reason for that. Johnny Gargano versus Shane Thorne when Johnny Gargano was coming out on the last NXT before at USA to say if he, where he was, if he was going to leave NXT or what, Shane Thorne came out, talked trash to him, Johnny laid him out. There was a reason for that match. 
We know uh, Candace and and Shayna. We know what that made the uh, she won the number one contenders match, and they wanted to make Shayna look big. And finally, the Street Profits were brought out by Wale, a legitimate multi-platinum selling recording artist. So, like, everything was structured sensibly. Now, I think there were, I think we're talking two different things when you say, can they do this every week? Because can they have a mini takeover with all these different title matches every week? No. But the quality of their matches have always been high. And the thing that's put NXT over the other brands on WWE has been their long-term storytelling. So let's look at the two matches scheduled for next week that we know of. Leo Rush versus Drew Gulak for the NXT Championship, for the Cruiserweight Championship, and Valter versus uh, Kushida. We know Leo Rush just came back from a long time off for various reasons. No, Drew, Lack, Drew Gulak's been killing it in the Cruiserweight division. He, uh, Leo beat Oni Lorcan, who's been Drew Gulak's biggest thorn in his side recently. That's going to be a title match. That's a match you can say we can anchor the eight, the the middle. We can anchor the second hour with that. Walter and Kushida on the first NXT uh, NXT on USA Imperium came and took over the show right as Kushida was coming out to wrestle, and Kushida stuck up to him last week. Kushida and the Fashion Police fought Imperium, and they won. And Walter laid him out. So, like, these aren't just random matches they're putting on. There are stories behind this. So they can keep up the interest as long as they keep having stories because NXT isn't fighting the same fight AEW's fighting. NXT is, and they're all fighting for new viewers, sure. But ultimately, NXT is dealing with history. They have a history. They have people who have watched their shows, know what Walter is going to do, Know what Kushida's gonna do. Know these people. Well, what's Damian Priest gonna do next week? Is Pete Dunn gonna have one one is one you know, something back? Dream said he wants Roddy Strong again. What's gonna happen with that? Chompa's clear to wrestle. What's gonna happen with that? Finn Balor's back. Like all of these things are things we know and we can bank on because the show's been going on for years. AW, this is brand new. There's a whole bunch of people who had no idea who Sammy Guevara was before last night. There are whole people in the world who didn't know who Brandon Cutler was before last night. There's a whole people in the world who, who still don't know who Rio is, and she's wrestled every show. So, so, like, they're fighting a different fight, so they can do what they did because they have the offset of the newness. NXT doesn't have that. So NXT had to throw out their special finishing move essentially with the with the the full take takeover. But I think they'll be fine as long as they stick to their formula. And that's the fear I have for NXT is that in trying to compete, they change their formula. That one night's cool. I get it. I get why you did all that that one night. Keep your formula, man. Long term storylines uh, you have two hours to flesh out more people and more divisions. Keep focusing on people that need that on the people you need to focus on, and steer the, and stay the course. Because I, I really I do not want to see them turn into trying to stack the card for no reason. If you if you when you're going to build a card, let everything make sense. 
that stack card we had made logistics sense. Yeah, and uh, I would say in terms of more praise kind of for NXT, I was a little bit worried with them going to the USA that they wouldn't be in that kind of experimental kind of mode. And they would mm-hmm. just... Because they're on the USA, they would take less risks. They would do less different things. They'd find their formula and stick with it. Kind of thing, like, like like main roster WWE, where they don't really break the format that much. However, yeah. every single week so far, there's been something new, something else, something different to the presentation. Mo- mostly apparent immediately from the start that they're doing something different every single time. Uh, like the first week, you had like the new production kind of stuff with the USA. Oh, look, we got more fancy cameras and lighting and things like that. Then this second, then the second week after that, you got the fancy commentators area. Suddenly, they've got like a NXT board behind them. They've got LED lights and everything, and they're introducing it there, and it feels extremely different. You've got that. I guess podium that podium thing in the air where Undisputed Era stood on top of it. The, <laughs> yeah, the perch. Yeah, the yeah. perch. And then this week, you also there was more changes stuff, but this is me trying to actually blast through them quickly. But uh, then this week, you also had like somebody just saying, "This is NXT," to sort of start the show. But you know, a bit more epic than I just did it now at half past five in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, so you had that person saying that over the intro, and then it cut to Marlon do you know Mallory. who that person was? No, I, I did not. No. Have you ever, have you ever heard of the band Slipknot? Oh, was it Corey? That was Corey Taylor. Oh right, I, oh, right. I just thought he did like the main. I didn't realize he did the. We are. Oh, this is NXT. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's why it felt so epic and why mine felt so inferior <laughs> when I did it. Yeah. Yeah. That man can actually do gravel. That's <laughs> how so you put it nicely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> More, multiple things with his voice. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, as he proved by doing an alien and Doctor Who. That's a true story. <laughs> it's like a like an kind of noise, as in that's his part in the show. Oh, he just turned up to a recording studio and made a weird monster alien noise, <laughs> and he got paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another tangent. Man. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, with um, different presentation things, they had the Corey Taylor doing the This Is NXT, and then it cut to Mario Nalo running down the card. As the, the, the crowd were chanting NXT, NXT, and it because I was thinking because you know we're gonna have Raw, AEW, and SmackDown, likely SmackDown. I'm thinking so they're all gonna have Pyro. Like as soon as you've heard that theme play, like on SmackDown, I'm expecting ACDC to play, and as soon as it finishes, you go straight into mental explosions, just like boom, boom, mm-hmm. bang, bang, ah, kind of thing to kind of like the emphasizing the final point of the adrenaline fueled theme that plays, and Raw did that really well. I was expecting the same thing from SmackDown, AEW as well. Like, a battle between the rich people of who can make the biggest explosion. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I want to see it, though. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I want. So I was thinking with NXT, how do, how do they carry on that adrenaline without that? And the answer was Corey Taylor and then just Marinello running down the car. It really worked. I was really kind of impressed with it. They, it added to the smaller, grungy, more underground feeling of NXT... But it created that same energy with what they had, and yeah, couldn't have praised it anymore. Uh, yeah, really, can, really well done. Can I tell you something Triple H said on the uh, pre-show? You can, because I did not watch the pre-show. So I, I I got home late, so I got home like fifteen minutes into the pre-show. It was only thirty minutes, but uh, Triple H was out and talking about it, and he said something really poignant to me. He said, "You know." Sometimes, if you listen to music, you hear the newest pop hit, and that's great. 
it's cool, it's awesome, it's new, it's it's everything. But then you change that station a couple of stations down, and you get to that heavy metal station, and it just kicked your ass. It's different than you ever heard. It said, that's what we are. We're NXT, and we're just going to kick your ass. And I think that, that overarching thought process, you can see it. It feels so different. And yes, it's intimate. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it's it's a little gritty. But it it feels so different. So you said it yourself. You have these spectacles of Raw in front of 10,000 plus arenas and SmackDown in front of 10,000 plus arenas and these massive, amazing sets and elaborate sets and amazing fireworks displays and fire and HDTVs and people hanging from the ceiling. It's ridiculous. And same with AEW. And then you got this small ass hall with five hundred crazy rabbit people in the dark screaming for NXT. It feels real ECW-esque. It feels cult-esque. And I think that's what made NXT cool. And I think that, that Gravitas will carry them until the business isn't conducive for them to stay there anymore. Because eventually, the business is going to force them out on the road. But right now, I appreciate that it still feels different. Hmm. I'd like it to be in this state kind of for as long as possible. Because like the one yeah. thing that immediately... Oh, I have my moustache went in my mouth. <laughs> From the... Oh, still there. <laughs> so with the, this is amazing podcasting. So with the... <laughs> With the, with the AW and NXT on the Wednesday Night Wars, as it's kind of put, uh, Corey Graves as well tweeted, it's like, I'm not at war with anyone at the moment, I'm just going to get on the plane with my wife and my dog. <laughs> it's like, you're not on Wednesdays, Corey, this isn't about you. <laughs> just, yeah. oh, that, was, that was one of the points I did want to br- quickly breeze through, of the kind of knocking AW down because, oh, they're competing with NXT, they're not even competing with the main roster. <laughs> it's like, they could, well... In the the mass world, they're not actually competing against each other. They're, the only way they are is on television, along with competing with everything else on television. So, mm-hmm. like, really, they were up up against baseball last night, and whatever finished number one on the original programs. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't kind of, I don't agree with that argument that whoever that person was making. I did, so I did see one person saying <laughs> "phone shade" on Twitter. Don't know who it was. I can't quote your Twitter handle. I don't remember anything. <laughs> maybe it was, maybe I only saw it because someone was calling them out as it being a bad take. <laughs> but whatever it is. Yeah. Anyway, so with NXT and AEW, the thing that really impressed me was, especially compared to Raw and SmackDown, they both felt like they had a vision or they both felt like they had a mm-hmm. kind of plan for how they wanted to present it and how they wanted to use the wrestlers to get across that vision. Like uh, the comparison, I've written about it in the column for this week. The comparison I've used is like any kind of team sports where you can buy all of the most talented players that you could ever want. But if you don't have a vision, you don't have a plan, and you're not, buy, you're not bringing people in to execute that vision or that plan, then what, what are you doing? What's the, what's, what is the aim of you actually bringing those people in in the first place? And maybe unless you're like in football, you've got Real Madrid where... They are more brand than team, where the entire point is their brand, compared to actually putting a good team together and making sure they gel and they work and whatever. Uh, so when I watch AEW and NXT, especially as we talk about NXT now, it's all about this identity. Every part of it kind of fits that identity and the way they're presented. 
even where characters who are 100% not grungy, not underground, like, I guess, Kushida. Although, I guess in some circles, <laughs> small Japanese man that can kick your ass. <laughs> like, that's perfect for a kind of grunge. Oh, and Dominic's dad as well, as he comes in as NXT UK champion. <laughs> I love, I love how people call Walter uh, Dominic's dad and Dominic <laughs> Walter's son. <laughs> Put them next to each other and tell me they don't look exactly the same. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's got to happen at one point, just like a backstage thing. <laughs> they just see each other. It's like, yes, oh. Send Dominic to NXT. Oh, because Vasey's dad doesn't mean he gets to jump past his destined meeting with Walter. <laughs> that's the only oh. reason he should go. Hey, you're, Matt, you're tripping. You didn't know that Dominic is going to main event the Royal Rumble against Brock Lesnar? I thought you knew that. Oh, oh yeah. He's going to main event the Royal Rumble? You mean he's not going to win the Royal Rumble? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He has to have one match first before he wins the Royal Rumble. Oh. Even, Rome, even Roman had one singles match. <laughs> like, come on, him. Let's not go too crazy. <laughs> the, the Dominic push. Yeah. <laughs> uh. He was good, actually, this week. This is a massive tangent. But yeah, he was good. I enjoyed Dominic. He made, he got, he got, helped get across Block Lesnar with the asshole chance because Dominic played his role so well. And that's the kind of thing where you've seen that segment so many times and you've seen it not work so many times because of the person who's meant to be selling his fear or whatever just does it really badly or really cheesily. It doesn't feel natural or whatever. Dominic did a pretty good job. Yeah. And the and the kid can bump. If you oh, can yes. bump, you you got a long you got a long career. Hmm. He bumped his ass off. Yeah. So my kind of like final point, my final closing point with uh, the NXT AW thing was just the overwhelming feeling of a vision and an identity for both shows. And I saw somebody on Twitter phrase it as he's flicking between two shows he generally wants to watch. And like as a wrestling fan. That is that is the perfect world. <laughs> so that's why I push across Corey Gray's tweet. He's like, you, you'll have your time Friday, Corey. <laughs> this is NXT AEW now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, as a wrestling fan, I wouldn't want it any other way. For all of the things we've talked about and all the different arguments people have had, like uh, before we came on live, I was like, I was saying to uh, Kayfabe Raycash, I was saying that there's the high chance that we'll be saying just, just calm down, just tranquilo, SNIO, just <laughs> hey, <you're> like it's <laughs> like it's fine just to kind of calm, calm down, and just enjoy everything. We have my very British, can't we all get along? Like Marge in The Simpsons, <laughs> it's just like can't I bet on all of them to be happy? <laughs> Whatever it was, it's like yeah. <laughs> oh, there's an even better uh, Simpsons quote uh, which was put to. I'm always certain this will appear on Botchamania because it's like so tonally it shifts what happened so perfectly but where WWE put out their statement about AEW uh, oh, ratings and it's like the real winners are the fans and so somebody put the Simpsons quote of was like well the, it, the real winners here are the fans but in a more actual fact AEW <laughs> 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 and I, I love their caveat at the end of it. Remind you that this is a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a Vinceism. That yeah. was 100% a Vinceism. But I was like, please, please, Mafu, please put that on the end of Botchamania. <laughs> it's just perfect. It's <laughs> so totally perfect. And <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, that's my closing. That's my closing thing. The sense of identity from these Wednesday shows have got me so excited. Like, there's a vision, there's a plan. It's not like Raw and SmackDown, where, as I was saying earlier, 
that the two weeks of canon issue, which was so plaguing, which they seem to be doing a hell of a lot better with now, but it's kind of happening a little bit. It's not gone away fully. You don't get that with these two shows. And that's what makes Wednesday nights so exciting for me. And this is a whole entire era, because surely, with the product being displayed at this at that kind of, I guess, level, it's only mm. a matter of time before it influences Raw and SmackDown, and things actually start to change on their end, because the shows that aren't them are doing something so well, and it's generating buzz, and it's only time before that buzz has an influence. And... I don't, I don't know, man, because Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were some extremely egotistical men. So Heyman's been, Heyman's been, Heyman's been running the same game since he was uh, taking picture for his fake, uh, for his oh, fake yeah. paper when he was like thirteen, fourteen. So like, and I don't mean I'm not saying that as a negative. Like Paul Heyman is a wrestling god, uh, but like, I. I don't know that in the roles they're in with the shows they have, with the history that both shows have, that they'll be super, that they'll be super influenced by NXT or AEW. If anything, I I would guess they would double down because that Raw Raw was indicative of a of a of a one hundred percent Paul Heyman book show, shock and awe. Great wrestling and memorable moments, and you will not forget anytime soon. Dominic getting beat to high hell by Brock, you will not forget anytime soon. Uh, Rusev and the cuckold situation, and you won't forget anytime soon. The Fiend coming after Seth Rollins. That's Paul Heyman. Moments like that are things that he does. So we'll see, and we'll see Friday. How Eric runs his show. One thing I know about Eric is Eric has never been a guy who said I want to run creative. Eric has always known his limitations, and when he's ran companies, that's why he always let Arn book or Nash book or whoever it was. Uh, so I'm curious to see how the creative and how the shows run and structured. That's where Eric Bischoff is expert at. Eric Bischoff was always good at structuring shows, at timings, at putting segments on at the right time to get the maximum output. Uh, that's that's where I'm curious. So an exciting time for wrestling as a whole. I guess it's, it's just one final 100%. message. If it's one final message, just enjoy it. Try not to, as we, we talked about the fence earlier, it's just like, it doesn't even have to be there. <laughs> just enjoy Just enjoy this moment before it kind of... If you, if you do get stuck on the little things that ultimately probably don't matter, then you're going to miss what this amazing kind of period in wrestling is. Even if it doesn't result in a boom, like as wrestling fans, it's like such high quality that I can't be, I can't overstate enough how uh, amazing this kind of period of wrestling is. Even if it just lasts a month, who cares? <laughs> it's, it's amazing at this point. Uh, so that's what I'm going to end the show on. Uh, thank you. To Kayfay Breakash for coming onto the show. That's a full name now, Kayfay Renault. <laughs> <Just there. laughs> I like it. I think I might change my Twitter handle to that. <laughs> As uh, I said at the start of the show, yeah, on Twitter you can catch him at It's Ray Cash. You can listen to him on the Outsiders Edge on Chairshot Radio as well. Uh, you got anything else? Or is that everything? That's it, man. Uh, yeah, ch- yeah, for sure. Oh, and can I can I can I pimp my shirt? <laughs> 
Pimp your shirt. Uh, I finally got our, my first. We finally got our first Outsiders Edge influence shirt. Uh, it's the shirt on progressandtees.com slash the chair shot. Hashtag journalism. Something <laughs> we're trying to bring back. <laughs> uh, well, there was talks of us getting NFP radio stuff or just uh, columns as well at one point, but that's uh, obviously not happened. But yeah, maybe one day. It's like, I do want cartoon me on a t-shirt that I can wear. I, need, I probably should just make it myself. <laughs> with, the, with the pirate hat and everything? I said, I'm, I'm torn between just normal me with the green t-shirt or with me with pirate hat. I love pirate hat me. <laughs> like, I'm just like, should I... I've often thought with the actual images I use, like, should I actually put words on it to make you know which one's a column and which one's a podcast because for me Pirate Hat is always columns because he's got a lot of sa- lot to say Pirate Hat him <laughs> he knows, he knows <laughs> uh, but in terms of coverage here on NOP for especially for your Wednesday night shows uh, for AW we now have Jamman and Jeff here with who are live immediately after the show with Dynamite After Dark and for NXT, we've got J. Cool, who will now be hitting you with the now fully fully fledged column, Cool Points, which is uh, later the same night. He's been doing, doing the results for years, but now he gets to fl- fully flesh out in column form. And I made the image for it. <laughs> but at the time of Photoshop, making his image. <laughs> so that's my plug <laughs> for my own. Uh, yeah, even if you don't read it, it counts as a click. So he, he's happy and you get to see my Photoshop image. <laughs> that's why I'm happy. My voice is going. It's getting close to 6am. <laughs> uh, I'm back here next Thursday oh, okay. on LP Radio. <laughs> He's shaking his head like, I can't believe you up <laughs> at that point. Uh, yeah, I'm back here next Thursday. I'll be doing... Uh, my plan at the moment is to do an AEW slash NXT thing, but I've already talked about the ITV problem, so there's a chance AEW might be influenced. But yeah, hopefully I'll be able to cover both of those shows as we uh, come into this amazing period of wrestling. Uh, I've lost myself let me just find my notes again uh, please do check out the other shows here so much to blast through please do check out the other shows here on LP Radio Fridays is Math Plan and Mazza with the right side of the pond Saturdays is re- reserved for all elite wrestling stuff be it a the all elite Re- all about all elite from Miss Fan and Shane or be it the a- Aftershock for AEW uh, this Sunday I'm live immediately following Hell in a Cell which has only got three matches and we know there's going to be more <laughs> but it's got three I'd love it if it was three I could go to bed early <laughs> that would that would be hilarious what if they had three matches and it still was three hours well that can <laughs> piss off <laughs> uh, uh, truly understanding horror where like some of the best things about horror where you don't fully see the monster in a way but a one hour Hell in a Cell match where you see him in all his glory from all the different angles and no angles left <laughs> you've seen everything about the feed <laughs> so yeah but yes I am live late again on Sunday so I'll leave my sleep on Monday uh, speaking of Mondays that is Kingdom of, with on, oh, I can't say, of Honor with Jamin and Jeff talking about Ring of Honor New Japan MLW or what have you Tuesdays is the global revolution of the wider wrestling world because that's where you get your WXWs in Germany and whatnot. and Wednesdays is planned sports entertainment is dead where with his performance art reviews of professional wrestling and the format has changed for Sports Entertainment is Dead. He's had a quick hiatus this week, but when he hopefully when he hopefully he should be up next week. I think he's pre recorded it, so he's got no excuse <laughs> for next week. But 
this is when the new format for sports entertainment is dead arrives and they talk about whatever, like various topics from around the wrestling world. And I've already talked about me being back next Thursday. Uh, you can catch when is Outsiders Edge broadcast to the world? I'm sorry. Oh, when is when is Outsiders Edge broadcast to everybody? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I completely blacked out for a second. Oh, <laughs> uh, we. I can see we, his face. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just in his own I, world. Yeah, I'm sorry. We normally uh we record normally Thursday nights, so it's normally out on Fridays. So, yeah, so, yeah new episode. Yes, and uh, the new episode will be out tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to upload it as soon as we get off the call. And I'll and don't forget about the WrestleCon thing, which is on uh, LOP as well. And don't forget to read my column, which I go up on Saturday. A lot of work goes into it, so I'm going to plug it hard <laughs> these next few weeks. Phrasing, imp, phrasing. <laughs> so, uh, with that, I bid you adieu and I go to bed. <laughs> that's adios from me and that's an adios from Cafe Breakers play the theme in <laughs> there we go Ten.